What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. <laughs> Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinin, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me are the full group today. It's the whole Jedi Council today, (laughs) my Star Wars friends. (laughs) You threw me off. Uh, I'm Josh, and uh, not that you care, but I think you're okay. Oh, wow. I'm Justin, and uh, I'm in the market for a good nanny. So if you guys know any good IG units, give me a call. (laughs) I need one. (laughs) (laughs) This is Kyle, and no living thing has seen me without my helmet since I swore the creed. Uh, This is Vic, and if you're asking me if you can trust me, you cannot. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Nice. 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 Yeah, it's great to have everyone on, man. Sorry, Josh. I was just so stoked. Uh, I I looked up and I saw all your faces on my screen here. I was like, oh, this we're back home. This is good. This is good. So um, it's a new year. And although, yeah, we released the uh, the interview episode with Maggie Lovett, um, this is our first official, you know, all gang in uh, episode of 2020. And there's a lot of ground to cover on this episode. We have the tendency Ooh. to be very long-winded, so um, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this razor crest moving uh, as quickly as possible. So, with that, if you're a first-time listener and you want to chime in as you're listening to this podcast, whether you're you know you're on your commute, you're at work, you're hanging out at home doing dishes or whatever, you can hit us up at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us show at StarWarsFriends.com and give us your insight get just start start a conversation with us we're regular folk so we're star wars fans just like you and it's all about the community here at star wars friends so please hit us up as we go through this episode here um so with that i want to um you know i want to see check in how was your everyone's new year everything everything good so good yep same old same old yeah i mean i'm old so i don't really (laughs) get that crazy on new year's anymore but it was it was good did you guys do the uh, Did you guys do the Death Star ball drop with the the countdown to New Year's? Have you ever done that? Have you ever actually had the Death Star explode on no. midnight I've, on New Year's? I've seen the clips of it. I've never done it in my uh, personal life. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, I posted that thing on our Twitter. Uh, you can get Babu Frick to say hey hey at midnight if you started at like eleven fifty six fifty six or whatever. I don't know whatever that is. Just as a ridiculous thing. But um, yeah, I didn't know if if any of you guys partook in any of that stuff. I was at like a nineteen twenties party watching Ryan Seacrest on TV and was terribly bored the whole time. So that was my New Year's. It was crazy. I was in uh, bed by eleven. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. Well the. The other thing I want to get, and we kind of talked about this on the the interview episode we just dropped, but where is everyone at with Fallen Order? Uh, have it sounds like three of us have beaten the game. Um, 
am I incorrect on that? Have is everyone beaten the game? I just finished it uh, yesterday, two days ago, something like that. Yeah, I have not um, yet. I, I'm still working. I beat it last week. Oh, okay, you did. Nice. So, the so for those of us, the four out of the five of us that have beaten it, uh, Kyle, I saw your take on it through the mm-hmm. text uh, thread, and this is it falls right in line with what Josh's original take was. It just ends abruptly. Yeah, Vic, do you stopped. think it just it just stops? Um, yeah, it was pretty abrupt, but I feel like they left it open to do a sequel to it. Um, I didn't mind it too much. I, mean, I enjoy the whole process of the game, the exploring. Plus, you can still go back and do more exploring and unlocking all the different um, pieces to the lightsaber and different unlocks and outfits. You know, it's just yeah. never ending, pretty much. Yeah, I was going to go back and do that, but one of my buddies at work was like, hey, I really wanted Fallen Order, so I just brought the the disc in so he can, he can play it because, you know, it's the giving season. It's still the holiday season. Uh, Vic mentioned the the outfits the and the customizations, and I will say that I love a lot of my lightsaber options. They have some really cool like uh, inlaid metal designs you can find, and some different like actually colored metals that look really cool. Yeah. Um, but I thought your options for Cal's like outfit were kind of <laughs> kind of lame. You know, I, I wanted some more upgrades there. I uh, I actually haven't gone back and explored because, uh, based on what Chris had said about Battlefront, I started playing Battlefront again. Oh, cool! And um, I still get murked a ton. Um, <laughs> of course. But I get enough kills that it's still fun. And I also paid for the the DLC thing oh, with all you? of the outfits, which is oh. I love being able to be like a camo clone trooper now. It's pretty yeah. sweet. Um, what Rise of Skywalker yeah. outfits come in that pack, if, if any? Um, Just the, the only thing that I've, or? yeah, that's the only thing that I've noticed. Yeah, no, there, no, there. You know what? There is a, there is a Ray uh, outfit. I think that's from Rise of Skywalker, and there might be, there might be one other one for like, I think there's one for. A new outfit for Finn as well. Uh, the, yeah. the Finn is the one I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that Finn Black series to drop because I thought his outfit in Rise of Skywalker was the best. But those, you're right. I'm going back to Kyle's point about the ponchos, though. I mean, the the Cal Kestis ponchos. I actually did find a couple that I liked, and I kind of adapted them to the planets I was on. So, like when I was on Dathomir, I got the bright red cloak. You know, that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. But there was one that had like two yellow racing stripes on it, and I rocked that for quite a bit. BD, I had him painted like a, a turquoise green for most of the game. But once again, when I got in Dathomir, all black. I just had to. Mm-hmm. It's like black and red. It was perfect. So, um, yeah, it was kind of lacking, though. Kind of lame. Kind of lame. I wish at the end of the game when they did the Holocron and he had the visions and everything that they gave you an option. Like they didn't force unleashed whether to kill them or you know destroy it or not destroy it. Oh, okay. Ended up that thought that would be pretty cool. If they did that. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, Justin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, thanks. So, uh, non-spoiler though. So uh, anything about it? <laughs> a non-spoiler theory I came across this week, and and it was kind of I was trying to wrap my head around, but I didn't want to spend too much time on it. Is that Calcasus still exists? in the galaxy as we know it, um, you know, as far as like carrying on that timeline. And there is a uh, interesting theory that Cal Kessis eventually trains Jason Syndulla. I don't know exactly how those points intersect, but uh, it's something to think about that Cal still exists in post return of the Jedi. And what, that's kind of interesting. What time exactly um, is 
Fallen Order is supposed to take place after the um, it, purge? It's after the fall of the new or fall of the old republic, and um, I would imagine. I mean, uh, well, I can't give away the spoiler because Justin hasn't beaten it yet. Um, but the there is a character in this game if you haven't beaten it yet that sure. shows that it is probably. I mean, within a, a year or two after the fall of the old republic, so Cal would be. I don't know, maybe 40s, 50s by the time that Jason Sindula would be of age to train. Um, so maybe in that's that, a, per, a date. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah, pull it up. So Get quick uh, with the Google over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of dates, um, there is an animated show that got a date release on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. Feb- February. What, what do we say pre-show? 17th? 17th. Yeah. It's a don't Monday. It's a Monday. It's a Valentine's Day treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we're getting those episodes weekly, just like The Mandalorian, so we can jump on here on the Star Wars Friends show and dissect those episodes and see how they fall into play with uh, what exists and what new material we're going to be presented with. I have a feeling these are just going to be the most electric episodes of all of Clone Wars. I mean, you've had all these creatives with all this time to kind of stew on these ideas and, and what we can do to make them better. Um, I'm expecting every episode to be a knockout from this season. Me too. As I'm sitting here in my Ahsoka Tano shirt, um, I have like, I'm working so hard to manage my expectations for this season. um, Just because I like in my heart of hearts, I I think it's going to be, so so good i clone wars is already so excellent and i think this is potentially going to be the best season of it just considering the things we know that are coming and how far um you know not only this show but the technology being used to make it and and all that kind of stuff has come I, i i just can't wait yeah and and we talked about this on the interview show the final episode of this season is going to drop on may the 4th so we will be receiving a present on may the 4th because those baby yodas uh all got pushed back to about what the 20th now i mean that's Don't bring it out. Yeah. <laughs> we might get we still might get the baby yodas before the art of rise of skywalker book so holding out hope for one of those two to drop before may we'll see i don't know but at least we're getting that final uh final clone wars episode on that day as a lore junkie, too, I'm excited for this. I, I think with Dave being at the helm of both, we're going to get some Siege of Mandalore tying into something yes. on Florian. Um, and just to circle back, it was 14 BBY, so five years after the start of the Purge for the Jedi Fallen Order. Wow, okay. <laughs> or good. Okay. He's been hiding for a few years. Okay, so he would, yeah, he would easily, easily be in his 50s, 60s when Jason Sindula would be of age. Um, that's Probably interesting. a little less than that. Mm, yeah, I'd have to do the math. I don't know. I mean, yeah, someone do the math. <laughs> if there's someone out there that wants to do the math, I've had it. I mean, how old is he in the game? 20s, right? Probably and then 20s. 14 yeah. years till Battle yeah. Yavin. Yeah, so he's, he's in 34. his mid-30s, and then, you know, another 5 or 10 until... Well, the Jason, end of Rebels takes place, you know? Yeah. The you know, probably is 40s, right after Endor. 40s. Yeah, 40s. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, regardless, we can, you know, Master Yoda trained Luke, and he was mm-hmm. 900 some odd years, right? So mm-hmm. um, does age doesn't mean a thing in Star Wars. All right. So <laughs> some of the other things that are swirling around this early 2020 um, are just a ton of rumors going on. And I just, I am, I can't stand rumors. I'm not rumor guy. I don't like to give credence to rumors. I don't like to treat rumors as gospel. Um, but we, you know, we got the Rebels 
rumor. We got the High Republic rumor. We got the release the JJ cut rumor. There's so much stuff going on. Although I'll admit, as someone that doesn't want to promote these things, I find all these ideas totally fascinating. Um, it's good conversation pieces. But at the same token, dude, it's not. Con- none of this is confirmed, and it reminds me of when you know everyone speculated that there'd be a Kenobi series. People were speculating four years ago, five years ago. It's this is nothing new. And when you start putting dates on these things, I'm like, dude, I, it's it's really bold of of the folks that are putting these rumors out as gospel and um you know it, it's always a kind of a cowardly thing to kind of put these things out without sources like like legit name your sources if you're going to mm-hmm. drop something like this cuz i just think it hurts the overall like actual surprise of these announcements um so i think disney probably did have something in play for kenobi a long time ago but was just kind of waiting for things to die down so that they can do it on their own terms well it's a shame because these people are probably going to be the first ones to give you the, see, I told you, look how right I was when right. really they're just kind of announcing things that are sort of inevitable or at least right. been hinted at or right. are pretty safe bets. If you're going to make one, you know, to me, if it hasn't come from, you know, an official interview or official press release or somebody involved in the project, then it's still a speculation. Well, Absolutely. I think- I think we thought that with Rebels, like we pretty much knew a series was coming, whether it's actually called right. Rebels or not is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. We know it's going right. to be a sequel or some continuation of that group. We all pretty much figured that was coming, but what you call it is whatever they end up calling it. So Rebels, something else, it's fine. We know what it is and we know what it means. Right. And that High Republic rumor that came out, I'm just like, bro. Yes, of course it's going to be set because you don't bring in uh, Benny Off and Weiss and not have uh, Knights of the Old Republic or something along those lines and play with those guys because that's their wheelhouse. So you spend all of that time and investment because we know that they were developing. And when you use the word developing in Hollywood, that means you're actually putting resources and time into these things. So, yeah, it's a very safe bet to be like, oh, yeah, the next movies are going to be about, you know, post old Republic or whatever the the case may be. Um, and that was, that's a definitely right, Kyle. That is like a, that's a pretty smart play. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be putting these, these products out. I think the only thing, so I got excited when I saw the high Republic thing, just because it wasn't what I expected because Mm. it's not, it's a very So it's obviously old Republic, but it's not old Republic that we know because like all the old Republic stuff that we know is from like, thousands of years before Phantom Menace, whereas this is only like 400 years before Phantom Menace. And it's actually like a really, like I looked at the galactic timeline. It's a super blank area, even in Legends. So they're not, they're not like rewriting any EU material. It's totally blank. So, but that, that's the only reason I was like. Which would be so safe, like the safest way. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, good Lord. Yeah, I feel like the majority of Star Wars fans are looking forward to those Old Republic or New Republic uh, movies. I think it's inevitable. We all want it. We all looking at chops. We all love Knights of the Old Republic and the EU. It's just a matter of time, and people need a new story and not the Skywalker. We're this you know forty year old story. We need something fresh and new. And as far as the Rebels, I don't think it's necessarily I want a new uh, series, but I think an animated movie yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, agreed. I think the movie, I hope the movie's the what we get. I hope we get a movie, although, I mean, it would be nice to get like another, 
I don't know, 11 hours of, of rebels, no, but a movie, you only get <laughs> two to two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I know, but it would be killer. It'd be, if we get anything, I'll be super stoked. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, when I was thinking the high Republic era and you're right, like that whole era has not really been explored, but I was trying to think like, what was the closest to it? Was it Darth Bane? Was Darth Bane the closest story to that timeline? Yeah. But even Darth Bane was a long time before that even. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Then I'm going to have to go study my galactic charts. Yeah, probably 1,500, <laughs> 2,000 years, something like that. Yeah, like a long it's, time. It's, it's no, because I thought Revan was um, 3,000 years before Bane. So yeah, Infinite timeline, player. So Revan was 3,000-something years BBY. Right. I can't remember what Bane right. was. Although, you know what? I, I realized it's not a completely safe time period because you know who was alive? Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. So, like, you can't have something too crazy happening with the Jedi and not have Yoda in it and be like, um, Jod- well, Yoda's knows, probably on Yoda's the council role. at this point. What's going on? Well, like, that's true. Yeah, I mean, is Yoda, I mean, are we going to see a, another, a different Mandalorian protecting our Yoda as a, as a child or a teenager, an angsty teenager Yoda learning the ways of the Force? I mean, it's, I don't know. We'll see, man. Uh, <laughs> unsubstantiated rumors that's kind of where i'm at so before i get flustered and say anything i don't want to what if baby yoda is yoda and what happens is the mandalorian takes baby yoda into the world between worlds back 800 years 900 years and (laughs) josh hit that mute button for three minutes and then we'll we'll have it back you're on but i can't come on (laughs) you're missing your tin foil there Right, dude. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. The other thing that um, is kind of a no-brainer is always it makes me. I don't know how I feel. I want to say I laugh at these things, but when people freak out on Twitter or on Reddit, oh my God, did you know that J.J. Abrams had like he had additional content that he filmed? Did you know that they filmed all these other scenes that so and so couldn't have dialogue in? Every other movie in history. Yeah, bro. Have you ever heard of like (laughs) deleted scenes on a Blu-ray? Oh my right. God! Snyder cut, right? <laughs> that's so, not the thing. That's not the thing that's crazy about it. Is it, it like if you read the thing? There's so much exposition about like JJ felt this way, and JJ was so upset about this, and I was like, you don't know any of that. Stop. You right. Know? And, and, and with this, I mean, here, you're, the, the things that people are looking for, the, from what I've seen, and maybe you guys seen something different, they're looking for that Emperor Palpatine backstory. They're looking for more lines of dialogue from Rose Tico. They're looking for um, Lando and um, Chewie yeah. trying to rally oh. all the different uh, uh, you know, pockets of the re- resistance, I guess they would call themselves. Um, you know, But I haven't seen a lot of... I don't know. I, I don't know what else people want. I on my little corner of the Twitter, tons <laughs> of people want some kind of exposition between Ben and Ray, between yeah. the resurrection and the kiss and that whole. You're not going to get it though. I don't think you're going to get I, I'm, it. I'm with you. I'm just yeah. telling you. <laughs> yeah. What the Twitter is saying. <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of interesting. Um, I didn't think we on the show with Maggie. Um, you know, she was talking about how how blatantly different those scenes were with Ben Solo at the end. And it got me thinking like, oh yeah, that it was definitely a different, it had a different vibe to them, whether or not they were part of the reshoot package or whatever. I don't care. Um, but it did, it did, you know, make me think, oh, well, I wonder what the original ending really was. I mean, it's, we're never going to get it and that's not going to be part of the JJ cut hashtag release the JJ cut. But, um, 
I am definitely interested in seeing this Emperor Palpatine uh, footage that they alluded to in multiple interviews. So I do believe we'll get that as a bonus content whenever it drops. I The other rumor that I thought was actually really interesting um, that I hope does pan out is that they would release some type of extended cut in the movie theaters uh, at the tail end of January to kind of bring more cash into the ecosystem. Dude, I'd pay. Uh, I'd be there on opening night if they released a 192-minute version of this film. No question. Hell yeah. My opinion is that I hope they put all that stuff on the um, bonus features of the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever because I... More versions of the movie is just going to lead to more complaining and more division and more, well, this yeah. is the real way. Well, that is the real way. Well, the, And I'm like, I'm so, so exhausted with it. Yeah. And, and let's not forget all the changes to the original trilogy, the sequel, you know, or not the sequel trilogy, but all the special editions um, and kind of got things up in uh, fandom and an uproar when those came out. Then we got the McClunky edit it on Disney. Never Plus. makes anybody feel better. Like, no. Who's ever like, oh, that they changed the movie and now it's good. Like, that really never happened. <laughs> no, the job of the hut scene in New Hope is is my one of my least favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. That that should have never been put in the film. Does anyone like that scene? Does anyone like the CGI Jabba in no. Docking Bay ninety four? No. 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 I don't think I'm as offended by it as Maybe you are, but oh, it, I'm so it offended. I wouldn't by say it. I like it. Just it right? bad. Steps on his tail. You got fake ass Greedos all over the place. Like, dude, get out of here. It was a terrible scene. Should have never been added. Does adds no value. Yeah, it, was, I, it was completely unnecessary. I'll give you that for sure. When they bring back Solo for a Disney Plus series, I hope that they remove that entire segment from that movie. I mean, that's my. I'm gonna try to. I'm, I'll figure out a hashtag. I'm gonna get the movement started. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta so remove, remove Jabba. Remove the Jabba cut or something like I don't know, dude. Jabba <laughs> is not a wonderful human being. There you go. So, uh, is there anything else you guys want to address about the rumors before we move on to our next segment? Do you guys, uh, the stats nerd in me, do you guys want to know when Darth Bane was alive? Yes, I do I actually. Is, yeah. yes, uh, yes. Born on uh, ten twenty six BBY, died on nine eighty BBY. Oh my goodness. Okay, Close. so about five so years before then. So that right? would that would put um that would put Revan three thousand years before him though. That's what I thought because there's a line of dialogue in that in that because he studies the ancient the first text. Book. Wait, yeah. I thought you said yes, Revan so. was three thousand before Battle of Yavin. I did not. No, no, three thousand yeah. some. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, yeah. Bane, Bane is a holocron from Revan that Revan left in the Sith Temple. Yeah. And Bane learns from that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't book. read a book for that one's been out long <laughs> enough. <I think> <laughs> oh, very good. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get on to our next segment here. Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. So I actually, um, you know, I, I was kind of looking around. I was like, oh yeah, I did get a lot of weird stuff this week. Um, I got the Chewy C three PO Black Series package where they come uh, from Empire Strikes Back because that is actually uh, a, a toy that my fiance wanted. She saw it and she was like, I gotta have that. And I was like, well, shit, if she's asking for a Black Series, I'm like, I gotta jump on that. Hello. Um, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a beautiful figure. If you guys if you guys haven't seen it, it's where uh, C-3PO has his limbs all removed and Chewie's carrying him on his back and it's a great Black Series figure. Um, there's a ton of Chewie Black Series figures that have been released over the years. This is one that is actually pretty beautiful. Um, so like the Vandor Chewie from uh, Solo was pretty pretty hideous, uh, and a couple of the other ones were 
pretty rough. This one's gorgeous, gorgeous. I can't wait to see what else they come out with for the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back and Black Series. Um, hope they release a Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett. Um, you know, maybe we're going to get Will Rowe Hood, who was up for the fan vote. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, that Black Series fan votes. Will yeah. Rowe lost out to Wedge Antilles, which I still haven't pulled the trigger on Wedge for the Black Series. I would have absolutely pre-ordered the Will Rowe Hood with the Camtono. I mean, there's no question. I would have spent money. So Hasbro, get it together. Let's put this guy out. Um I also I got on an obsession to collect all the old Dark Horse comics. Um, I want to go back because these are comics I had as a kid, loaned them out to friends, lost them, have poor c- condition copies of them now. So I went back and uh, actually got all the Dark Empire comics, which is a great collection. Um, I am now on a quest to find the Dark Empire audio book. So they actually did a real audio drama with sound effects, the whole nine yards for Dark Empire. And and it's really only readily available on cassette. I don't have a cassette player. I'm not that much of a hipster, um, but I'm really trying to find a CD copy that's not $600. Uh, I saw one that was $900, um, and there's no digital versions outside of YouTube. So I'm really I'm searching for that. Um, I picked up a book that I read when I was a young man, uh, or probably just a, a prepubescent boy uh secrets of the shadow seek the secrets of shadows of the empire this is like a guidebook to shadows of the empire whether it was the book the comics the video game and it talks about the creative process behind shadows of the empire and it's been out of print for 35 years or whatever however long it's been um it's a fascinating, fascinating making of book. I have not looked online to see what it's going for, but I found it at a secondhand shop here. I was like, oh, yes, I haven't read this in three decades. Um, so I grabbed that, and it's a really gorgeous book that that details one of my favorite stories ever in Star Wars. And uh, if you guys get a chance to pick that up, it's gorgeous. Um, but I am fascinated. I... I I'm fascinated by what other people read. I kind of put something on my personal Twitter trying to see what people are reading right now because I I picked up the Darth Bane trilogy again, restarted that. And then from the comics, I'm doing the Target Vader series um, with Valance. That's a really interesting story. I picked up the new Star Wars, how they kind of rebooted everything. That's a really fascinating story um, because now it's it's picked up between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And this is technically, quote unquote, canon. So we're getting canon material between those two movies right now through the comics. So that's pretty exciting. Um, But this Target Vader comic series. Have you guys read this yet? You guys even know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? I have it on my poll, but I haven't gotten to it. It's really interesting. So Valance was actually uh, a character from the original Marvel era when it was just super goofy and they had Jackson and all those wild storylines. But they brought back Valance as not necessarily a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter, but he's a mercenary and all, whatever. So it's called Target Vader because it's this group of bounty hunters that's trying to kill Darth Vader. And it's actually a really cool story. Um, Valance teams up with Dengar and a bunch of other really unique characters. Um, so I don't want to give anything away, but it's it's a sick shot. It's a really cool comic. Um, 
if you're not into comics, obviously wait for the trade paperback. But um, it's pretty cool. And then the Doctor Afra series, the the new story arc there is just incredible. So if you guys aren't even reading Doctor Afra, that's okay. You can start on episode or uh, issue 32, I believe, and just carry on from there. So I think they're on like 40 right now. Really good stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at uh, as far as my collection. What about you guys? So I got that Disney Movie Club box. Um, it's really cool. Yeah, as I say, Justin's wearing the hat right now. Oh yeah, uh, it comes with a ton of really nice stuff. Uh, the box is beautiful. It has um, like low profile uh, Star Wars slouchy hats, a sweet, uh, real good imitation leather. But it's not leather, but it lo- it's the best imitation leather I've ever seen. But what does uh, it bag. smell like? Does it smell not, like fake not leather? Good. No. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't smell like leather. No. Yeah. I had to let it air out in the garage for a night or two because it was pretty bad. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some really big gold uh, Star Wars pins, uh, an IMAX um, upgrade lanyard card. I'm trying to think. uh, Popcorn tubs. Popcorn tins that are real sweet. They have like a um, Millennium Falcon, like hyperspace uh, hologram on the side of them. Uh, lightsaber reusable plastic straws that come with like the little cleaning yeah, thing in a sweet. case yeah, for them, cool. which yeah. I'm all about saving the turtles. I can't watch that Hell turtle yeah, straw man. video. Hell yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. Um, Justin, am I forgetting anything? I, I feel like there's some other stuff in there. There's like a lanyard. Um, oh, there's the, a, the, like a um, metal like tin, lithograph. Yeah, like a tin, tin lithograph thing. thing. Yeah. The box itself, though, is beautiful. Like they the put artwork on the yeah. lid, the bottom of it, the sides. All four sides, they, yeah. For the price that that you pay for that box, you got a ton of stuff, and it's beautiful to look at. Yeah, it's it is really nice. I'm jealous. I did I couldn't pull the trigger on it, uh, but those hats are really sharp. They're low. Yeah, I'm, they're I'm, low key Star Wars cool. Like that, like you don't even know that it's Star Wars other than one little Rebel logo leather tab on the side of it. Otherwise, yeah. it looks like a normal hat. It's sweet. I feel like I could wear it to work and be low profile nerd. That's it's good. <laughs> nice. Um I actually picked up today this uh Mandalorian like poster book and it's got all oh. these sweet uh like two page with uh baby Yoda posters and like there's really? like sweet sweet art in it and like um like there's a poster of the heavy mando, there's a poster of the armor, yeah. it's like six bucks. I just happened to see it when I was shop- grocery shopping today. I was like, Oh uh, really? Yoink. But just yeah. put that in the cart real quick. I've not seen that yet. Um, and then since <clears throat> since you brought it up, I've, I've actually been on a crusade lately. Um, I have every Star Wars comic that they've released since it, Marvel bought Star Wars uh, in or Marvel started doing Star Wars in 2015. And I've probably only read a small percentage of that. So I've been <laughs> wow. I've been. Uh, like hardcore catching up the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and I, I've literally read uh, like four trade paperbacks just today, like trades <laughs> paperbacks worth. Um, so I'm, I'm like slowly getting back up to, yeah. Yeah. So, so while you were, while you were saying that, Josh, I reached over and grabbed this star Wars saga comic. And I think I talked about this on a previous episode. If, if you're not like Josh and don't have, I mean, there's like 75 issues or something just from the Star Wars line alone. Um, there is a beautiful Star Wars saga. It's called a Comics Primer, and it's only it's only 3.99. It literally will tell you the entire story of of this of this comic run and the canon comic run, the Disney canon comic run, and that covers that covers 14 trade paperbacks. 
and you can get the entire story for for basically four bucks. So if you're into that stuff, um, I mean, I'd would I, Josh, I would rather read the entire books, but not everyone can afford that. Uh, well, and point. not to mention, there's you know, Vader himself has had several side comics. There's Age yeah. of Rebellion, Age of Resistance. Captain Phasma had a four, com- so four or five comic run. Yeah. Thrawn had a six comic run. Like there's Maul, Poe, Afra. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's so much. So I'm I have all of that stuff. I was gonna say you're so. like in the hundreds, right? You have like hundreds of books to read at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. So and when I got started, I probably had only read like the first hundred books that had come out and Holy I probably smokes. still have like another three or 400 to read. <clears throat> so wow. Wow. cool. Yep. Enjoy. But I, but I'm loving it. It's so great. And <laughs> yeah, the yeah. stories that they tell in the comics are almost better than anything else because you get just as much, you get almost as much detail as you do in the book sometimes without having to spend as much time. Cause it, some of it is just kind of played out visually. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Hell yeah. Nice. Well, I wasn't on last week, so I'm going to catch up on a f- couple things from here. I'm glad you guys got to open your gifts yeah, on the man. last show yeah, that I wasn't again. on. Thank you. Um, thank, thank you for that, so Justin. Sweet. It, was, it was awesome. You're, very, you. you're very, very welcome. I want to give a big shout out, though, to um, I think it's Aaron at Ryloth Relics. Uh, he's He created those patches. They're cool patches. If you haven't had a chance, go check out his website, Ryloth Relics. Um, what is it here? It's uh, RylothRelicsBigCartel.com. Um, but he has some sweet challenge coins on there as oh well <laughs> that are yeah. Thrawn challenge coins Beautiful. where one side's the Chimera print and then the other side is like white uh, with the Imperial logo and it has uh, Thrawn's ranking bar on there. It's just a beautiful coin. Um, and he also has a Death Watch coin as well uh, with with what I think is uh, Tar Vizsla with the Darksaber on one side and then the blue uh, kind of claw mark logo on the other side. So big shout out to him. Um, it's a cool thing. Cool. Fine. Thought you guys would enjoy it. So yeah, man, it's awesome. It's really cool. <laughs> I, um, I picked up some, uh, finally trying to put my basement together and get my figures out and, you know, get, to, get them displayed after the move. Um, I bought some, I got some detolf ca- uh, glass cases from Ikea to display. So I'm going to get those together and get a lot of my figures up. Um, I did receive my, um, I got, so back in, uh, October sideshow collectibles does spooktacular and Kyle was on there getting free, free money and whatnot through mm-hmm. that and through geeks giving. Um, but I had actually won a prize from them, which was a sideshow New York city comic-con 2019 pin. Oh, it's killer. It's a little, yeah. little Ooh. splotch on there. Uh, so a very exclusive pin that I got for my my comp my uh, entry into their competition online competition on uh, Facebook, uh, but then I got some unexpected. So I, if you guys know him as Hip Hop Trooper, uh, Eugene Brown, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you know Hip Hop Trooper. So it, he does one off pins as well with like him and Leia and the Death Star and things like that. And I've ordered a couple pins from him before. Yeah, he does a lot of cool ones. Yeah, there's a lot of really nice pins, and he's he's um you know him as Hip Hop Trooper. He does have a Boba Fett. I'll take a picture of this later, oh, but he okay, does have yeah. a Boba Fett. So I got this letter in the mail the other oh, day, and he just that. sent these out at Christmas time to say thank you to everybody that's bought pins from him. And uh, so he sent the card wow. for his 501st Legion for Boba, and then he also sent this sweet sticker, which is oh, him nice, with dude. Baby Yoda in a little floating like boombox. 
and it's yeah, just it's sick cool. so it was just it was very unexpected i didn't expect to get that and uh so I appreciate, he's a nice dude yeah he's a super nice guy hopefully we can uh i might be able to reach out to him and see if i can get him on the show and have him chat because awesome. he's a super cool guy he's really really friendly we ran into him last day um at uh at celebration. Uh, at celebration in the tattoo parlor, actually, not in costume. He was just completely normal. Walked up, said hi, treats you like a brother, just welcomes everybody in. Really, really cool guy. So hopefully we can have him on. And uh, but I wanted to say thank you to him for sending me that sweet sticker. And that was what I got. Yeah, let's let's get those posted on uh, SW French yep. Show. Let's get those up online. Those are really nice. I would love to have him on the show. By the way, let's see if we can set that up. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I um, I just said all the stuff I got for Christmas and while Christmas shopping and all that, like four days ago. So I don't really have much, <laughs> but, uh, I got one of those, um, Disney movie boxes, just like, um, Josh and Justin. So I'm that's it on the way. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Justin has it, uh, in his possession currently, but I'll get it eventually. It should be here soon. And I have also been, um, talking to two different people on Etsy, um, about ordering, a uh, blank Mandalorian helmet to do my own custom, oh, really? Mando, which is something I've been like kind of dragging my feet on since yeah. we that for the a long time. last Anaheim celebration. Wow. And I'm like almost ready to, I'm hopefully going to pull the trigger on that next week. So oh, hell yeah. uh, I'll keep you updated, but that's all for me. That So wait, I got a question about that. You already yeah. have a, a design in mind. Do you already know how you would paint it up? I have like six in mind, but so <laughs> Dang. We'll see. I've actually, I kind of want to see how this season seven of with the siege of Mandalore plays out on the Clone Wars. Yeah, that that hell yeah, that will kind of have a bearing on what I do. So. Well, we're gonna follow your progress. You gotta let yeah. us know. Well, now yeah, there's uh, added pressure, but okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know where to start uh, for Christmas. My wife did a phenomenal job for me. She uh, got me the Darth Vader Adidas uh, shoes. Oh, dang. Um, yeah, wow. She hooked up with me. Woo. Uh, she got me a whole little, like small gifts of Star Wars. She got me uh, the whole Saga Monopoly set, uh, the yeah. Millennium Falcon uh, catchphrase. Um, and she also got me a little desk calendar for work at, uh, for my job. But this past week has been a big week for me. Friday, I was able to get my hands on a prototype Vader from San Diego Comic Con, oh, which nice. I've been wanting for a while. Yeah, man. What um, colors was yours? Do you mind me asking? Uh, we'll I gotta look at the picture. Yeah, I'll post a picture in the group. Um, not Star Wars related though. Last night, I was finally able to get that Hulk figure I've been wanting for. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh really? The Hasbro one. Yeah. Yeah, I finally pulled the trigger, and I found one on a Facebook group for like 85 bucks. I went and pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. Um, but my biggest thing I've got, it, just hap- it literally just happened today, I'm finally able to get the Boba Fett 40th anniversary figure. Yeah. I found a guy He's going to trade me straight up for my extra set of celebration figures from this past year, the Obi-Wan and Maul. Oh, nice. So I, have se- I have a second set, yeah. so I'm just going to trade him straight up for it, and we're shipping them out Tuesday. So I'm finally going to get the Boba Fett. I've been wanting forever. Yes. <laughs> good good trade. Awesome. Yeah, that's so, a good yeah, trade, I'm, Vic. I'm pumped for that. But, you know, the past yeah, few weeks have been great for me. My wife, my wife did a great job, and I've got all the figures I want now, so... I don't know what's next for me, but I'm sure oh, someone will come great, up. Great, dude. 
No, I'm happy for you, man. I, 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 I uh, for all the listeners out there, I sent a, a little video of the, my, the room that I record in, and uh, I pointed so out to Vic that I had that that Boba Fett. So <laughs> that was just the other <laughs> night. I'm happy, happy you can get that, Vic. That's great. No, I found like a there's a six inch black series Facebook group you can join, and I literally just made a post like anybody have an extra Boba Fett for the anniversary of San Diego Comic Con. I'm yeah. willing to trade my celebration figures and or cash for it, and. A guy messaged me like 12 hours later. Hey, you, I'll trade you straight up for it. I'm like, that's done. sweet, Ideal. man. Oh, that's great. Wow. Hell yeah. I was very happy about that. Well, good, good. So with that, I mean, we uh, sounds like we all got a lot of stuff going on. So this is this is a beautiful thing. But Vic, since uh, since you were just the last one talking, it reminded me, we still haven't gotten your Rise of Skywalker take yet. <laughs> so uh, with that, I'm going to lead you in here. <laughs> So Vic, what'd you think, man? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, first, I loved the movie; absolutely loved it. I'm going to put a top three or two of my all-time Star Wars. Oh, list. already? I, I, I loved it. Oh, um, I know Kyle is going to very much disagree with that. Kyle's already. Kyle's <laughs> really about to throw up over there. Um, it was everything I could want in a Star Wars movie. It gave me action. It gave me suspense. You know, it, it you know got me emotional. Um, I think the the biggest scene for me was um, in the desert when Ray used the lightning and she screamed out Chewie. Yeah, I, I was I was just tearing up like a little baby in the theater. I was like, how could they finally they kill Chewie? Yeah, like, how? Or sure didn't? You know, well, we didn't know that till five minutes later. Right. But you know, when she screamed out Chewie, it was like you you believed it the whole entire time. Yeah. And you didn't see the second ship until you saw the second viewing or the third viewing, and you find oh okay, there's a second ship. Um, so that was like probably the most emotional part of the movie for me. Um, and then the end of it, when he got the medal, he got Han's medal. Yes. I was like, he got a medal. Yeah, he got uh, it. Still gets me when I think about it. You know, um, I don't think anybody was expecting the cameo from Han Solo with Harrison Ford there. Um, that was a huge surprise for me. Um, it, it was great. You know, he, he finally got the closure. You know, whether or not Leia used the Force to bring him to Ben, that's up for debate. But. Mm-hmm. The whole scene was tremendous. Two thumbs up. Ten out of ten stars. It was phenomenal. Um, I know a lot of people were up in arms about you know having to connect Ray to a person from the original trilogy and having have a namesake in the whole movie. I liked it. I felt she needed to be connected to somebody. You know, people compare her to Luke. You know, Luke was a nobody in, on Tatooine, but he ended up being Anakin Skywalker's son, which we found out the second movie, you know, Darth Vader, you know, like, you know, they try to put Ray as this, anybody can be a hero, but in this whole Star Wars universe, no one's been that nobody. Someone's always been connected. You know, she has a bloodline. That's how she's so powerful. You know, she's clearly the most powerful Jedi we've ever seen on film and or animation, which I'm okay with. I thought Daisy really did a phenomenal job in this whole series. Oh hell yeah! No, she's um, she, she's great. As far as like JJ giving the two middle fingers to you know Ryan Johnson, yeah, I can see a little bit of that. You know, he retconned a little bit of what he did in Last Jedi. Well, a lot of what he did in Last Jedi, but I was okay with it. It wrote a lot of wrongs. You know, I'm one of the people who love Last Jedi. 
Um, wait, wait, wait. So, so you loved Last Jedi, and and you feel that because I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I don't know if I necessarily believe that a lot of that was like purposely retconned or was it was a middle finger. But if I you, think if, it was more, I think Ryan Johnson tried to leave it up to interpretation. Okay, and JJ just gave you all the answers, you know, right off the rip. You know, yeah. first five minutes of the movie, you find out everything happened. Yeah. you know, Snoke and Palpatine. You know, would I like to see a little bit of backlog or dialogue of how Palpatine will be able to survive for these next, you know, thirty years? Okay, sure, maybe let's delete a scene, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, we had no backstory to Yoda. Who knows, this little green guy living in the swamp? You know, no one had an issue with that. Everyone thinks Empire Strikes Back's the best movie of the whole entire saga. Yeah, no one knew who Yoda was. No one knew who Lando was or Boba Fett. You know, there was no backstory to them, but people didn't have an issue with then. Yeah. But, you know, people have an issue with Ray, you know, having Palpatine in her bloodline or, you know, why is Palpatine still alive and no backstory to that? So I see like contradiction in there with some people. But, you know, in all in all, I love the movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy it first day when it comes on iTunes. I'll watch it and watch it and watch it as much as I can. But I can't really nitpick too much about it. I loved it. Yeah. It gave me laughter, it gave me joy. You know, emotion, sadness, happiness. It was everything I could want in the movie. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Babu. Yeah, I did give you Babu. Babu Freak, <laughs> my oldest friend. So I just want all the listeners to to understand that they just heard a breakthrough here. Uh, <laughs> Vic <laughs> is the first person I have come across that likes The Last Jedi and likes The Rise of Skywalker. You are a first of your kind, sir. And I just want to say that this is a this is a breakthrough on the Star Wars friend show. I'm I love a Star it. Wars I, fan. Dude, no, this you you gave me goosebumps while you're talking because you because I know from when we did our hype show, you just have a genuine love of Star Wars and everything Star Wars, and this is what I'm talking about, dude. Like you're you are you, you have such jo- profound joy with these movies, and that is a beautiful thing. And that's what I'm saying. You are definitely the first person I have heard in the same paragraph say I'm a fan <laughs> of the Last Jedi and I love Rise of Skywalker, and I applaud uh, you for that, dude. That is I awesome. Feel like if this, if this Trilogy came out 40 years ago with the original trilogy came out. I don't think there'd be an issue at all. Social media has kind of ruined this for a lot of people with this division and everybody has an opinion now and everything now because of social media. But I feel like these movies came out 40 years ago. People love them just as much. Yeah, maybe. I like both movies, but but Vic said that he loves Last Jedi and loves this movie. So I think that there there definitely is a difference there's there. He's one of his own series. I don't love Attack of the Clones, which I think that's pretty much a standard across the board for most people. I don't love New Hope. I don't love it. I just that's don't okay. love New Hope. You yeah. know, it was very bland to me. It, I don't know. It didn't really do much for me there. You know, it's probably my bottom three or four movies of all the Star Wars movies. Oh. Woo! Wow. <laughs> no, that's okay. So, I do want to say one thing, though. I think the difference. On this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the the one I think the difference between like Yoda not having a backstory and Boba Fett not having a backstory, and then us not knowing backstories to stuff now is that 
Star Wars fans have been spoiled by the prequels that had a lot of exposition and explanation. True. And then if you're an EU fan, like everything that's not explained in the in the movie is explained in the visual dictionaries and the bo- yeah. books and the comics. You know, we have stories about like Vader's lost gauntlet and stuff. Like, why does that need a story? But right. it has one. They literally so I think I think that's the difference between, you know, now and 1980. People yeah. didn't have expectations for for backstories and now we do. Yeah, and I think you and I talked a little bit about this, and and it's just you're right. Why do you need every answer from this movie? Why do you need everything fed to you um, so that it all connects? Like, what happened to our imagination? What happened to having the comics or the the novels to fill in those gaps? It it drove me crazy that people were mad that they didn't have everything handed to them in this film, or why there was you know there might have been some gaps. And yeah, it might be explained in the extended scenes or the bonus features. I don't care. Dude, we never had that stuff while we watched those movies. Like we th- you would have years to fill in those gaps and have your imagination run rampant. This is Star Wars, dude. This is like this is pure imagination. This is pure fiction and you should allow your brain to be like, "Oh, yeah, I wonder I wonder how Palpatine kept himself alive." It shouldn't have to be all explained in in a movie. I mean, if it was, cool. But don't get pissed at J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio because they didn't fill in every single answer in this movie. I feel like out of this whole entire bunch, I'm the most casual of the Star Wars fans here. I don't I don't read the books. I'm not very familiar with the EU. Mine has a few characters. I don't read too many of the books or comics. That's just not me. I just don't have the time. It's not my thing. I take it as a Star Wars film. 40 years of this, we're still doing great Star Wars movies. We're still getting told these stories. We still want more Star Wars. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't see everybody saying, oh, this movie sucks. I don't want any more Star Wars. Star Wars is dead to me. That's true. People still want the movies. Movies I've still going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> and they're still going to pay money to see the next Star Wars movie. You yeah. guarantee it. You know, the original trilogy had so many unanswered questions, and but people overlook it. They, who is the Emperor? He's just a little hologram pops up in the Empire Strikes Back, and all of a sudden he's the most baddest person in the whole entire galaxy, and we all thought it was Vader. You know, I, there's flaws with the original trilogy, and I feel like so many people think the original trilogy is the end-all, be-all, and is the best of all the movies, and I can see why. You know, it was the original, it gave us everything right up front, but there's flaws in those movies, too, and I feel like right, people right. neglect, you know... D- don't admit of that, and they don't have the humble to them. Like, oh yeah, they have flaws too, but no, they're the greatest movies ever. No, they have flaws too. No, they're All not. They're do. not. They're not. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris, I, I mean, I agree with you. Like, there's a lot of things that we don't need the backstory filled in on for. I mean, Star Wars has a history of people falling down really large holes and still living. I mean, Darth Maul got cut in half and yeah, fell down right? a hole, and we thought he was dead. And then he shows up in Clone Wars, and then yeah. even even Luke got his hand cut off and fell down a giant hole in Bespin. So, people <laughs> right. falling down holes and living has been around for quite some time. But <laughs> the backstory isn't always needed, and I felt that way about Solo. Right? So the Kessel yeah. Run. When they talk about the Kessel Run in A New Hope, I was like, oh, I don't know what it is, but it sounds badass. Right? But Justin's been unhappy with this Kessel Run yeah. for years now. <laughs> so, well, because you everybody pictures what the Kessel Run was in their mind yeah, a true. different I way, right? So it was a big mystery, but yet they made this entire movie. So here's the Kessel Run. This is what it is. And I'm like, well, great. My interpretation of it is now gone 
because that's canon and that's the way it is. I'm not mad yeah. about it. Like it is what it is. I enjoyed the movie. I actually really liked Solo as a movie. Yeah. But for for me, part of that imagination is coming up with something on your own, right? And interpreting it different ways. And that's what creates this dialogue that we have now on, oh, I think this happened, or oh, I think this happened, and this is what's really happening. Don't always give it to me. But yeah, that's my take. I, I've got I wanna counterpoint two things that were brought up and I, I'm gonna try and be quick because I know this is about to spiral out of control. On the, <laughs> yeah, this is a Mandalorian on the third episode, damn talk it. <laughs> of the Rise of Skywalker. But like um one, I don't think it's fair to say that everybody who's powerful, all the most powerful Jedi have a bloodline because that's not true. Like basically Luke is the only one who has a bloodline and now and now Ray, I guess. Like Who's Obi-Wan's parents? Who's Yoda's parents? Who's Kit Fisto's parents? Who's Aayla Sakura's parents? Who's anyone's parents except Luke? You know, so like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think that's a given that it, that has to be. I think it's almost crazy that it is because it is so rare. Technically the Jedi don't even have relationships and have children. The children are all taken from their families. Also, I think there's a difference between like, in the original trilogy, when Obi-Wan says, uh, I fought with, you know, you served my father in the Clone Wars, or uh, I fought with I fought with your father in the Clone Wars, or whatever, and we're like, oh, what's that? But it didn't really pertain to the plot. It was like a, it was adding depth to the story. So I think there's a difference between not giving you all the details and letting your brain fill it in on stuff like that, and then just not giving you plot details for the actual story we're watching at the time, you know? Mm. Uh, and I felt that way with the rise of Skywalker quite a few times, especially considering it was closing the chapter on not only three, but nine movies. I feel like it just opened. So, 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 so many doors. It was a little sloppy. That's my take. You know, I never thought about the difference between like the actual plot stuff and then the things that are just filler. Like the, that's, that's a, like, Literal Universe building is one thing, but yeah. the directly related to the story we're observing right now is different to me. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why people are upset about it. And I think, too, it 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 also it, it comes down to some of it, at least not all of it, because some people are just mad regardless. But I think some of that <laughs> right, wanting right, more exposition preach. just comes from. Where, what kind of, you know, how you take in the media. If you are someone like me who has more love for the expanded universe stuff than, the, like, I, not to say I love the movies, but like all of my favorite Star Wars memories are me reading a book with the headphones on, listening to John Williams score while I'm reading one of the books, like, mm -hmm. or hearing, or hearing, um, Oh, now I can't think of his name. Mark Thompson do Thrawn's voice or or Han right. Solo's voice. Like that's my favorite Star Wars stuff. So when you've when you're used to getting like most of your info from that, when this when the movies don't deliver on the stuff that you know that's it's a it's a bigger hole for people who are EU focused. Well, as a, someone who is a reader in general, people those people tend to enjoy you know a little more depth of you know, backstory development, emotion, yeah. thought, all yeah. that kind of thing. Cause you get so much more of it in the written word than you do on screen. I'll make one last comment before we get into this Mandalorian. Cause I really want to get into Mandalorian. Yeah. I feel a lot of people, oh, I feel like when I was reading when force awakens came out, people had an issue with Ray. Like, how the hell is she so powerful? She's had no training, this and that. Oh, the Mary Sue comments that yeah. are just like belligerent nonsense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I feel like one one way you can explain why she's so powerful because she is related to Palpatine. He's the strongest Sith to ever live and the most powerful Force user as we've known until Ray yeah. now. Yeah, it explains why she was so powerful so quickly to me. You know, when they connected to Palpatine, okay, that, that's why she could be so powerful at such a young age and no training at all. Yeah, no, I I I agree, and you know, one of my tinfoil hat things. I'll leave you guys with a tinfoil hat comment <laughs> to uh, wrap this out. Um, I I hope that we will in these extended scenes see that it the emperor himself was merely a proxy for Darth Plagueis. And, uh, I was hoping that that was going to be the, the backstory that was fleshed out. So the Sheev Palpatine that we saw, you know, uh, in the prequels was actually a clone proxy of some kind. And that the emperor that was keeping himself alive, what we saw at the end was actually uh Plagueis. I don't know how that's going to play out now, but that was one of the things that I was like, Oh, you know, the, the thought that the emperor could have always been on Exegol, as that like that that corpse on a, a robot arm or whatever he was, um, but he had those clones. He had the ability to clone, and he put Sheev out there as his proxy, and that's who interacted with everyone. That's how the Emperor survived through uh, the Death Star, you know, chasm that he fell into, because the the actual real Emperor was on Exegol the whole time, and that everything that w- that we saw in those previous six films was just a proxy of some kind. Now that Snoke is in play as a as a clone. Etc. Etc. So, just one of my weird thoughts. Um, but do you guys want to save this for a different episode? Are we are we going to go round four of Rise of Skywalker? And duke it out because I'm ready. <laughs> but uh, it's we'll fun to talk about. Night. Let's let's move on to the man. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> I like that show. So yeah, this is going to be our recap after a, uh, a lightweight battle over Rise of Skywalker. Now we're going to get in heavyweight battle here, um, but I think we're all on the same team. For yeah, we probably are going to agree a yeah. lot more on this. Oh yeah, yeah. most of the world's on the same page. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I mean, here we are. It, we season one is over, and we already kind of recapped this uh, on a previous episode. But now we got the whole gang here. So I'm definitely fascinated uh, to see what you guys thought about the Taika Waititi directed uh, Redemption the final chapter eight in season one um, written by John Favreau. And uh, we did not get a cameo from director squadron. Uh, that's probably the only thing missing from this episode. Cause they gave us everything else. Uh, <laughs> they didn't so, give us, but we know Fett. of, Oh God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the Boba Fett theory is coming into play more and more. The more I talk to- by that, yeah, well, <laughs> you can't dispute those jingle jangles that we heard at the episode. Uh, what was that five? End of episode five. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that'll pick dose. that up next season. They'll pick it up next season. I just I'm interested because we're all on the same page. I think we've loved this series and it's an amazing series. We don't always like every show on the series, but I think we've really, really enjoyed the series. If there is somebody out there that actually does not like the series. Send us a message right in. I would love to have that person on and just discuss and hear from them why they didn't enjoy it and <laughs> and talk about it. Just because I, I think that'd be an interesting take from somebody that maybe goes, yeah, I really don't dig the Mandalorian. Sucks. You know, that sure. is out there somewhere. Uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that, and 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 I think I'll push that. I'll put that out on uh, our social here because I think that would be fascinating. I I have yet to meet anyone that doesn't like it. I mean, you're right. That's right. a really good pick or a really good even, idea. So even non-Star Wars people, really. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, let's bring it on. Bring on bring on the arguments. Let's go because I'm Maybe ready. Yoda's united this country. 
this world. So uh, one of the one of the big one of the big points for me here, we've talked about this throughout uh, our episodes, our recap episodes, is the soundtrack. So the the soundtrack I was playing pre-show today from this chapter, and I just thought it was the best one of the bunch. You can get those on Apple Music, you can get them on Spotify. Those soundtracks are available, which I think is also really sweet that they're that Disney put out all of those uh, those soundtracks. Um, but this one was just pretty pretty awesome. Set the good tone for. Uh, pretty dark but funny humorous and enlightening episode this episode had it all and i already kind of laid out my favorite points of this episode on, on a previous star wars friends but really the one thing now uh that i had some time to think about it i i do love the helmet reveal that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire uh episode i think that the more i see moff gideon on screen the more i really love giancarlo esposito okay. in his in his mm-hmm. role i'm ready to see some flashbacks on mandalore i'm ready to see how he obtained the the dark saber i'm just ready man it's it's got me so jacked and and i'm kind of like oh okay like what we got to wait another 10 months like you know i'm at that anticipation stage but those are kind of the big things that stuck out to me and what we spoke about yesterday on the interview show is the lava gondola droid just all the great characters that that the show's given us uh throughout this season i'm really happy with everything here um i can't think of anything i didn't like about this episode chris you kind of touched on it with the the humor and i think this whole season they really nailed the tone. They got very, very serious moments where Din Djarin is dealing with like kind of his struggle for discovering who he is and, and what his purpose is and all these kinds of things. And then there's also these great moments of levity. Um, I think Carl Weathers is kind of a skeevy slime ball, but yeah. he has this like certain camp to the way he acts that I think is really fitting for star Wars. And he, he is really funny. And even in the background taking shots and doing like silly stuff and assuming he's going to die and all, all these things. I, I think they're doing a great job of pulling off the serious and, and as well as the comedy and the levity and and all those things. It's really good. I think the the series was well written from beginning to end. Even then, the in the episodes that I didn't enjoy, the one episode I, I think that I didn't like, but I think it was well written from beginning to end. And Kyle, you're right; there was a ton of great one-liners in there, but there were also some really great uh, conversations in there as well. The whole conversation with the armor, um, the yeah, conversation yeah. with uh, she IG stole 11. the whole season to me. I, yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation, and they 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 did a great job of filling in backstory of Mandalorians and answering questions. I think that everybody's had since the arrival of Boba Fett. And then it, it was expanded on even more with Django and everybody's like, well, who are these people? And they did a good job of answering a lot of those questions for people, but then they also created more questions, right? Yeah, like, they're almost building a whole new yeah. section of the Mandalorian history. And Chris, you love the story building. So I, oh, I yeah. think they, oh, yeah. they, they, they did a great job of going, Hey, we're going to expand on some of this that you really wanted to know, but we're also going to add a whole bunch more stuff that you don't even know. And you're going, well, wait, now I got to, I got to answer this question. So yeah. I think they did, they did really well with that. I loved the, uh, <laughs> watch your feet. It's molten lava. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 
what what's really there's a couple takeaways for me after it being a couple weeks now. Number one, this is the most popular show in America, the most streamed show in America. Right, it, it's opened up an avenue to Star Wars to people that maybe never have watched it or this is their first time watching it, and it introduced them to concepts such as the dark saber. So now they're it's a very hardcore Star Wars lore. Um, I think that's absolutely cool when someone hits me up and they're like, hey what the hell is the dark saber? Why do I care about this? You know? And then I give them the episodes that they watch. And I know Kyle, you posted on our uh, SW friends show on Twitter, uh, you know, the, the correct episodes to watch to get you some more knowledge about dark saber. But someone asked me the question the other day, they go, wait, how come, how come, uh, you know, we had all these Mandalorians with their helmets removed before and now they can't take them off. And my own, you know, here's the thing, man. It's we know what we do know is that, yes, in in earlier, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels, they would take their helmets off and you'd see Gar Saxon and Fen Rao, et cetera, et cetera, Sabine Wren, all these very um, well-established Mandalorians. And now they can't take their helmet off. But when you when you basically purge an entire society and it gets boiled down to the most extreme elements of, you know, now it's this creed, right? So if you look at it as a religion or something like that, you're now getting like the the most boiled down, hardcore, extreme tenets of this religion and creed. And, th- you know, we're probably going to learn how that was maybe established as far as you can't remove the helmet. We don't want, you know, because they're not not everyone is a true Mandalorian. So they might not, you might have some aliens under there or whatever. Uh, we think baby Yoda might become a Mandalorian now who knows, dude. And I've seen some pretty good fan art with him in his own armor, but uh, yeah, there's some pretty cool stuff, but I think it's really like, yeah, man, like don't nitpick that much. I mean, we're going to learn a lot and it's through that story building. We're going to learn why, uh, they no longer take off their helmets. Well, I think the best thing about all that is that we, have Dave involved Dave Filoni is involved in this show so we know that we can trust all of the lore stuff to be fleshed mm-hmm. out so if there is something right. like the helmet's not coming off something that we know is super different from before we know we're going to get that explanation because Dave's not just going to let that float because he knows that it doesn't fit what we've already seen right so, I've, I've, I've actually been asked this by a couple other uh, less serious star Wars fans too, you know? And to me, it's like Chris said in historically the Mandalorians, when Mandalore was a thriving planet with a whole, you know, potentially millions of people, uh, they basically only put the helmets on when they were or expecting to fight. Right. You know, they lived their lives with the helmets off. Even when they had the full suit of armor on the helmets were off. And so since it's clearly on all the time now, and it's a, a, a basic tenant. Uh, the short answer is we don't know yet and they will tell us, right. You know, we will find out because it has changed. We don't exactly know why we're speculating. So how do you guys feel about the signet? Cause I think we talked about it earlier in our season, uh, when, in one of our shows where we talked that we thought that maybe the Mudhorn would be revealed as the signet. Are we all, we're all going to get the Mudhorn tattoo at celebration, right? <laughs> I'll get it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm heavily tattooed, so it's whatever to me. <laughs> did you see it's, the? Uh, did you see the picture? Somebody had posted this picture that the the mudhorn was based off of some prehistoric creature that was in hmm. Russia or something. Did you see this? No, I haven't no, seen that. It's, it's it, apparently like a stuffed thing in a museum. It's been extinct. Oh, really? For, 
I don't even know how long, Giant but it has rhinoceros, woolly rhinoceros. Thing. Yes. It's like a woolly rhinoceros thing. It was pretty cool. And I was like, if that's really where that, that came from, that's really cool adaptation of a real world, yeah. uh, item and then put into the star Wars universe. I thought it was cool. Yeah. So w- beyond the, the signet, now we finally have a signet. Do we think that we're going to get a, a color scheme next season? Or are we going to stay straight Beskar? We'll get a color scheme. Color, yeah. I think I don't it know needs to be next season, but I think it'll happen for sure. I'm really, I'm, I'm I really interested. I mean, this is—he's the pivotal character, or he's the main character in this whole series, the most widely watched series in America right now. I'm really fascinated with what paint scheme they're going to give him. I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure, I think, from the design standpoint. I wonder how they're going to present that from a story standpoint too. Is it going to be like? I like red and black, so I picked red and black. Or is there going to be some more meaning intent behind color. it, meaning behind right. it? Is there a way that is the color given to you the way the signet was? Does he pick it himself? Do the, yeah. do the colors have meaning to them? Uh, is it just preference? Uh, you know, Sabine obviously painted, forged hers to her liking, to quote her. But right. um, you know, she painted her own scheme the way she wanted it. But obviously, times have changed. So um, I'm curious to find out how they do all that. And she was she was artistic. Her father, I think, was the artist too, wasn't he? Was. he? And her, so, her mother was the warrior, subverting yeah. expectations. So I think art kind of runs in that culture a little bit. But I'm curious if they we've all we've seen Mandalorians in like one color scheme, so like Django or Boba. I wonder if they do change colors after a long period of time, maybe so that because if you're just looking at plain Mando armor, they all kind of look the same, other than little intricacies on their helmets. But if you change the paint from time to time that keeps your like identity incognito. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like interesting. if you always yeah. change your paint scheme. Well, if your face yeah, you is get, always covered for sure. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking with that. So maybe they do change. I don't know. We've only seen, you know, the iterations of those characters in one color, but um, it'd be interesting to see if they do change color like Sabine does and repaints it and does what she wants. Well, one, speaking of color, and one one thing that I'm very fuzzy on, and you guys probably will know the answer to this. So we we finally saw Death Watch in The Mandalorian. We got we got Death Watch in full force here. They were in that light blue, almost like a like a crayon blue um, color scheme. Uh, it, part of my memory, though, is that I mean that when I saw death watch previously in the cartoons, not everyone was uniform like that. Right. Cause all of those Mandalorians in the, in the live action were uniform, the death watch, uh, Mandalorians. Is that, is that, canon? I, have a th- I have a thought on that. And okay. I, I think, and it's sort of like we discussed the other day. So you have your, your clans, your Mandalorian clans, which is more like a family thing. And then Death Watch slash the Night Owls, which was um, Bo-Katan's separate Splinter Cell that eventually right. joined Death Watch. Those were like Splinter Cells, uh, cl- clubs. They were a thing you joined. So there was people from different clans that were members of Death Watch. And I think the clans tend to have similar color schemes. Like in mm. Rebels, when uh, they went back and saw met Sabine's family, all of Clan Wren had yeah. that kind of yellow and white and gray right, right. Um, color scheme to their armor, and they all wow. kind of matched. And I think Clan Vizsla potentially all has okay. uh, the blue and, and gray and black or whatever. And, and maybe not everybody in death watch because everybody in death watch is not necessarily in clan Vizsla. Correct. Right. And, and Paz sure. Vizsla, uh, the heavy, heavy, what, what's heavy his Mando. heavy infantry, yep. heavy Mando. He's in blue. 
as a Vizsla. So I just wonder if that just runs in the uh, Vizsla clan. That's I, that's never been expressly explained in dialogue, to my right. understanding. But that is sort of my take on it from looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and Tristan, Tristan and Gar Saxon, when they were serving the Empire, they were white with the red. White red. Yeah, they yeah. were white with yeah. red. I mean, so he's still in Clan Ren. It's a, it's her brother. Yeah. Um, but he's wearing the white because he's serving the Empire at that point. Well, so, that was like a that was like a military uniform. That was Gar Saxon's. Gar Saxon's stuff. Yes. Yeah. Be like, hey, you work for the Empire now. You don't work for Mandal- Mandalore anymore. Um, but Bo Katan's was a splinter from um, from uh, Death Watch because she didn't agree that um, Maul should hold the dark saber. She didn't agree that a non Mandalorian should be in charge of Mandalore. So she broke off and that's what created the one that you mentioned, Kyle. I was under the impression that, um, the night owls joined death watch. They were part of death watch during the pacifist movement with Duchess Satine. And then after Maul took over, then they split back off, but I, I could be wrong. No, uh, she was, she, she was, she was on board with Death Watch and Visla because they didn't like the pacifist ways that Mandalore was going. So they said, "We don't agree with this. We want to go back to what we were." But when, <clears throat> excuse me, when Maul killed, when he double crossed, um, uh, was it Shay? Was it Shay Visla? When he double crossed him and killed him and took yeah. the dark saber, she didn't agree that Maul should be in charge and someone from non Mandalore should hold it. And that's when the Night Owls came about. I I I I knew all that. I just thought night, the Night Owls were a thing. As May, and maybe, they all joined like, Death Watch like together. Before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, we're going deep. Not. We're going deep. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it truly does not matter either way. But yeah, no, I love it. My my Google search is telling me that it looks like all of Death Watch <laughs> wears blue and gray of some configuration, but not all exactly the same. Oh, but I okay. did notice when I was reading the Maul uh, Son of Dathomir comics that all of his Mandos wore some version of red and black. Yeah, that makes sense. Obi Wan's sporting that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and they have the spikes on their helmet. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's not everybody, but some of them do. Yeah, similar to the armors. I that's think. true. That's I not, agree. Not exactly the same, but they have a I'm, similar look. I'm interested to see. Well, that goes back to the the species. You know, as far as like we don't know, we don't know if they don't remove their helmets because they might be different species. Oh, you think she might have actual horns or something under there to Possibly. necessitate those? Possibly, and we might see that. So, uh, hopefully, we'll get a reveal uh, at some point. But. I, I kind of want to talk more about the the armor here, but uh, not necessarily the armor paint scheme or what it looks like. The Rising Phoenix, the jetpack, right? Like, mm. and that was that was some of the coolest stuff we've seen. We got to see uh, Din Djarin finally gets his jetpack, and um, it's interesting to see um, or interesting that that he the armorer kind of was like, yeah, you know, it's like you have to be in tune with it for it to work. Um, so he only does like these short bursts and then he uses his, you know, his lasso or whatever to get on the tie fighter. Um, that whole sequence was super fun. And what, what made me laugh was as a toy collector, when he slices, he gets the, the wing of the tie fighter blown off. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of those, the tie fighters where the, the sides pop off like the toys. And it almost felt like, uh, it was like an homage to the early Kenner toys and then things like that. Like we finally got to see wings pop off of a tie fighter Mm -hmm. and fly around. So that was fun. Um, did you guys like the jetpack sequence? Are you, are there anything you're anticipating for next season with that? 
I did like it, and I thought it, I might have mentioned this the other day, but I thought it was interesting the way she presented it. Like the jetpack won't really respond to you until you bond with it, which is right. That's what kind of a different thing for a piece of machinery like that. You know, you wouldn't expect it to have that kind of connection, but uh, I, I'm excited to see them dive into that and explain it a little more. The, the scene itself was amazing. It was a lot of fun to watch and whatnot. My only issue with it was earlier in the season, he implied that he's never used one before. Right. You know, when he said, I, I want to get, I didn't get one of those. And then she explained to him, you need to do your drills and whatnot. And he seemed to have a decent idea how to use it right off the bat. And it seemed a little fuzzy to me when he implied earlier in the season, he never used one before. Yeah. Like, when did he, when did he say he'd never used one before? Well, when the after the, the all the Mandalorians popped up to save him to, to escape, and the the guys flying next to him, he's like, "Oh, I gotta get me one of those." Yes, yeah. Oh. It, it kind of implied that he never used one before. He doesn't have it yet, but they trained on it when they were kids. I don't know if that was the full dialogue. I'd have That's to go back and rewatch that. I'd have to go back and rewatch it because I think the dialogue is there is something where it seems like he he doesn't know much about jetpacks. So it might not be like, oh, I want to get one of those. I thought there was a little bit more to it too, Vic. Well, I'll, we'll do a rewatch. Yeah. I always find it interesting that the jetpacks are are different amongst the characters. Like Sabine's jetpack in Rebels was very tiny, and, and most of those were very small and tiny. Yeah. And then you know Boba's is huge and has the the big rocket on the back, and this one was not, I don't think, quite as big as Boba's, but I mean, it was fair size. So I yeah. just think it's interesting that all the jetpacks are just kind of shaped different uh, and look different um, from different times. Do you think that rocket is the difference? The little ones don't have the rocket? and then No, Sabine's the has ones. a rocket. Yeah, Sabine's has a rocket. Yeah. Um, I think, in, well, we, we Justin and I were just talking pre-show. We're, we're rewatching Rebels and the Zero Hour episode where they do the assault on the interdictor, um, the interdictor cruiser. The Mandalorians, when they come to rescue the Rebels, they all have their jetpacks blazing because they're flying through space. And she fires a missile from her jetpack uh, in that scene with the rest of uh, Clan Ren. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, there is a compact missile of some sort in her jetpack. I'll have to check that out again. It's great episode. I know Bo-Katan did say any Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon, which oh, is like yes. one of the best lines. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> At my assumption, based on them making a point to say that like this won't work unless until you bond with it, and him being able to use it right away was just a commentary on like this is how like how good of a warrior he is like that. He's, he was able to bond with this thing so quickly that it was basically able yeah. to use it right away. He was barely using it too, though. You know, he was yeah. he wasn't quite slick with it yet. That's for sure. Yeah. He was just doing those short little micro bursts. Kind of burst it up there to lasso on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the other, you know, outside of the Mandalorian and all the fun tools and everything that we got to see in this episode, um, you know, we, we got a lot of our favorite characters. So we, we, you know, we talked about, it, we speculated about this earlier on in the season that we might not see all this cast of characters back together again. They kind of teed it up on chapter seven, but we got the full gang in chapter eight. And I think the standout from the crew was IG 11. Um, yeah. they, they gave IG 11 the proper send off. It was a hero send off. Um, Lots of humor, but also um, very intense, very intimidating. That that speeder bike scene um, with Baby Yoda, his ears flapping in the wind, was joy as he was murdering the five hundred first. And uh, it's kind of it was kind of it was kind of fun, man. And 
the fact that this was a Taika Waititi episode and, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like egregious. IG 11 just totally fit in per like perfectly with this episode. Um, I think it showed that Taika Waititi is a well-balanced director and, um, you know, can, can do multiple, it can handle multiple characters in, in a really energetic way that didn't seem like, you know, too messy, too sloppy. Uh, I thought it was perfect, but IG 11 was definitely the center point for me on this episode. Yeah. He was the, he was the MVP without taking away from other people. And I, I mean, he did have some of the funniest moments and some of the best moments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think my only, my hope is that now that that character is gone, I hope that Taika will still direct some episodes. I hope that he's not gone now that his character is also gone. Gotcha. Yeah, I think he's done great. I, I would love to see him still be involved. And he was a voice, so he could show up as a face character or voice another droid or something like that, which would be awesome, too. And um, I I really loved that IG-11 was able to facilitate that character development that they've been laying down with Din Djarin this whole season about his distrust of droids. droids. And he, yeah, he brought know, that full circle. finally did turn yep. that corner, you know. Uh, and I, I loved that. And they, you, he got to take the helmet off, which is something people have been speculating about. And uh, Pedro still looks the same, fortunately, which is good. You know, they're getting <laughs> what they paid for. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I want to say when he rode in in the beginning on that speeder bike, it reminded me um, of the very first episode, walking in um, to mm. that encampment with baby Yoda, but now it was just ramped up. It's on the speeder bike. It's twice as fast. We, we already kind of saw it in slow-mo and now it's ramped up. And I love a speeder bike in general. That's probably like yeah. my number yeah. one favorite thing from return of the Jedi. And, um, uh, that was a great scene to me. I think anytime they get his head and his arms swiveling and he's doing yeah. those quick shots and, uh, that I think that really, really works. And the CGI is beautiful. And, uh, and he was great. The IG-11 for me, I thought was great too, but I was for some reason expecting him to turn and cause it's, it's kind of like kept on the cliffhanger. Mm. You know, he's a nanny droid, but like it was still that distrust in it. Like, Oh, is he really going to turn? And maybe he was going to be the reason about baby Yoda couldn't get back into their, you know, possession at the end of the show. And even that cliffhanger, um, my only nitpick of the whole episode is a minor nitpick is when he took the helmet off. I didn't like the way Pedro Pascal looked. I thought I thought they should have done a little bit more with the way he looks physically, because he looks exactly the same. He looks at like Game of Thrones. Like I thought they should have done a little bit different as far as his facial hair or, or maybe a scar around his face. Obviously, he's bloody and everything in the scene, but I was expecting him to look a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? He looked exactly like he does in real life, exactly how he did in Game of Thrones. It was like a small little nitpick on my part. That's all. I mean, at least he has eyes. He didn't have eyes anymore in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't he doesn't look the same as he did at the end of Game of Thrones. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, Vic, I, I, I could see your point because I thought that they were going to doctor him up with some type of facial scars or something like, you know, that was really kind of brutal. Um, he didn't look like a tough badass. He looked like a pretty boy. Uh, I thought he looked I thought he looked appropriate. For he the was bloody, but I wouldn't miss him. I'm okay with the I'm okay with the way that he looks. Um, Basilia girl is who he is. <laughs> well, here. So what I will say is that you were talking about how you thought IG Eleven might be set up to maybe turn on the Mandalorian. I had a thought that Cara Dune 
was going to turn on the Mandalorian, um, that she may have cut some type of deal with uh, the Moff to to get her out of the system or whatever. Sponge her record. Exactly. Something like that. Who knows? Um, but I definitely thought that we were primed for some type of double turn. Obviously, Grief Karga is someone that can't be fully trusted. Um, I still don't trust them moving into the second season, even with Cara Dune at his side. That might set up for something interesting in season two, where Grief Karga convinces Cara Dune to become a bounty hunter. There's a whole angle with Grief and Cara against the Mando, and he's got nowhere else to turn. Who knows? But I think I, I was surprised that there weren't any any turns in this episode. We got a very straightforward episode. Yeah, I liked I liked the IG-11 jumping in the lava pit, but every time... When I see that and watch it, I all I can think is that Dante's Peak oh scene God, with the grandma <laughs> that jumps in the, yes. the flowing lava to push the boat with the kids to the shore and just yes. dies. Melts. I'm like, it was a horrible scene in cinematography. <laughs> if you were a young kid and you saw that, it was, it was kind of like gut wrenching. Like, oh, grandma just jumped in lava to like push her kids to the shore. That's all I kept thinking of. Yeah. Was, oh my God. No, I'm happy you said that because you said that in the text thread when that episode dropped. And I was like, oh, my, I haven't thought about Dante's Peak in 30 years. You know, Not a great movie, but that scene was kind of hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy because I got T2. I got Terminator 2 out of it. And, yeah. But but when you said Dante's Peak, I was like, oh, actually, yeah, that's more closer as far as like what the movement was, what the action was, what the end result was. Because the um, grandmother was the protector of the kids and, and exactly. sacrificed herself to make sure they were all safe and exactly it was, to me it was kind of the same thing the scene with the lava pit when the asteroid kind of grew up and had all four limbs it reminded me of the picture i've seen in the past where there's an r2 built like a hulkbuster <laughs> that's what it reminded me of as soon as i saw it <laughs> yeah the the lava gondola uh driver is one of my favorite droids in this entire series uh that was a great reveal that was a fun reveal that's like that is star wars to me, that is Star Wars. Thinking that you had this busted up astromech droid covered in like rock, you know, like lava rock, right? But he just emerges from it, has gangly arms and legs, and he just whistles a little tune as he, you know, pilots his little ferry down the lava flow river. So, yeah, that was classic Star Wars for me. Can we talk about Moff Gideon? Hell yeah. I think it's time. I think Let's it's time go. to talk about Moff Gideon. Darth Gus. Let's do I, it. <clears throat> I love the. They they really made him mean so much more in this episode because he he has a history with the Mandalorian people. He was part of the purge. He was an ISB agent, which I said I think I said in the previous episode. Other than the Emperor and Vader, there's no one else to be more afraid of than the ISB. Like they they're right. the ones that come and get you and take you away and do unspeakable things. They know everything that's going on. They have eyes and ears everywhere. It's just like and then obviously the dark saber like they just brought him full circle and there's so many more questions and they made him so much more interesting than just being a moth. Like it Agreed. it's it's he's on another level now after this episode. Yeah. The ISB agents are great because they're super intelligent. Um Callus's uh teacher um, was one of he was an ISB agent, and there was right. another ISB agent in the aftermath books, and I can't think of his name right now, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the characters in the aftermath books as well. Um, wait, wait, are, you're not talking about um, you're not talking about the Emperor's hand, uh, the guy who was basically setting Operation Center in motion. There was another one, right? It was yes, yeah. He, I he have ends to up helping the rebels. He he. He turns over yeah. and, and helps the rebels to try to help the Wookiees. 
um, that's right. In the that's second right. book, and I can't think of his name, but it's not um, Yalaren, is it? No, 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 no. no it's no. it's somebody else. But he's he's an interesting character in the book. He's you would think he's kind of comical, um, but he's actually a very interesting character in the oh, book. But oh, I can't think what of his name. His, yeah, he has a really he has a really like really proper British accent yes, in the audio book. Yeah, in the audio book. Yeah, think of his name. Yeah, in my head, he has a proper British accent too. <laughs> oh no, it's it's really intense yeah. in the book. yeah. I can't think the of his book. name though. Yeah, every scene with Moff Gideon, it, it brought me back to the first time you saw Vader in New Hope. You see him, you, he just looks evil to you, and you know. Right. All his lines, like, oh, you think you can trust me? You're right, you can't trust me. You know, everything about him screams like he's a bad mother drummer, you know? Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, and the moment he, he, he uh, lands a TIE fighter and then you see the wings fold and he comes out, it's just a badass scene. And then oh, obviously yeah. at the end of it, when he cuts through with the dark saber, I lost my shit when I saw the dark saber <laughs> pop out through that shit, man. It was everything about him just screams badass. I can't wait to see the arc of him in the next season, like, you know, how, see how evil he really is. Right. He they present him as so calm under fire and so well prepared and calculated, which to me is such an interesting villain. Way more than just like oh, I'm strong, you know. Well, well, don't forget. I mean, yes, I will agree with that, but I'll also add a layer to it. I'll add a layer of pure psychopath and power hungry because it, you know from the opening, the cold open with the troopers, he's you overhear on the radio that he's just murdering yeah. his own troops, right? So he's he's definitely has a screw loose a little bit, but he is a moth that has survived post uh, empire, and he has his troop or his legion. We presume that he has a star destroyer. Um, and you, from reading the aftermath books, you know that who, whoever these em- empire forces are, they gotta be ruthless and nasty and brutal. So yeah, he has all the elements that you described, Kyle, and then some. I think he is just a, a totally ruthless, cunning uh, villain that we're gonna get full featured, you know, next season. Whoever was in charge of casting the show deserves a raise. Because he's already established one They're of the greatest right. villains. <laughs> he, he's already established one of the greatest villains in TV history. What he did in Breaking Bad with Gus. Sure. And I, you know, we've only seen a very, you know, very small piece of him so far in Mandalorian. And there's still so much. He has to be so much more in season two. Because I think they're going to kick off season two as him being the main bad guy right right away in you know an opening episode. You know. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle, let's be honest here. They've done an okay job casting. They haven't put us in as the cantina yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. So it's know. just okay. Right, so. <laughs> Until that happens, right. it's just okay. Um, spe- speaking of Gustavo Fring of Breaking Bad fame, the scene with Moff Gideon where he's walking through that firefight and there's shots going off at his feet and all around him is is almost exactly the same as a scene from breaking bad where there's the cartel shooting at uh, Gustavo and all his henchmen basically. And they're killing all of them, but they won't shoot him because he's the kingpin and all there's all it, it it was framed almost exactly the same. It was, he's playing kind of a similar character in a lot of ways, I think from what we know so far, but um, I don't say that in a negative way at all. No, No, it's working really well. No, if, if he can be Gustavo Frang in this series, we have a really great future in this series because it was, I mean, just so well written and so well acted. But one thing you brought up the battle scene uh, or that that firefight, they made such a big push in this episode about the E-Web cannon. 
and that's a that's a canon that we've seen in in films or in in animation not necessarily something they spent a lot of time on we got a lot of dialogue on this e-web canon on this episode and my earliest memory of that is um they had a power of the force snow trooper that came with an e-web canon Mm -hmm. and uh that's one of my favorite toys from my youth and i was just i was so like I don't know. I had a hardcore nerd moment while watching that. I was like, Oh my God, they're well, spending five minutes talking about this thing. And it's just like, it, you know, when you would see it as a kid in the other movies, it's just a little canon, but it's a, to them, it's a, it's a world killer. You well, know? that's why I like how he alluded to, you may have seen this or other versions of it. And he's alluding to, you saw a version of it in empire strikes back. That's what they set up to shoot at the millennium Falcon as they're, leaving the hangar bay and like they takes like yeah. four dudes to like get this tripod down and put the <laughs> yeah. cannon on it here let's bring out the ammo so is that what the cool- snow troopers have on um hoth and empire too yep. yeah yeah did i say the wrong one? Oh, sorry i thought you said when they were leaving the cantina but i could be totally no, 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 they were no, leaving the hangar yeah, in yeah. uh on hoth uh, okay That's gotcha shooting yeah. at Pay attention, Kyle. Come on now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm listening intently. <laughs> no, and 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 Josh, you just brought up the uh, the ISB agent from Aftermath in our yeah. group chat. Yeah, Sinjir Rathvelis. That's, That's right. It. That's, That's it. Right. Yes. Yeah. He's a very interesting in character. Chat, I feel like. I feel like I've already done that twice where I was like, hey, remember that thing we were talking about 10 minutes ago? <laughs> I didn't want to do it again. I've already done it twice. No, it's, we need that. We need that. So that's good. That's good. All right. So there were a couple other characters we haven't talked about yet. Uh, well, we kind of alluded to the armor being a complete badass. And uh, we, I think we all genuinely love the armor, the, uh, the lore that the armor presents to us. And now in this episode, beyond the lore and the craftsmanship, we get to see the armor be a complete complete badass mm-hmm. and uh hand-to-hand combat that was one of my favorite scenes as well and he gave me a beskar hammer that's what i need oh beskar hammer dude that's one of my favorite metal bands <laughs> i mean <laughs> smash the face off that one right dude. Oh, like, just whoa. collapsed oh, the whole i think she's going to continue being like a mentor and teacher and kind of she's going to be the storyteller to the mandalorian history i think she's going to be the person telling us that history I hope so. I, I hope that we I hope that we don't see the end of the armor. I don't think we will because if you follow the actor who plays the armor, Emily Swallow, on social media, uh, she seems still very invested in uh, in the character and the future of the character. I'm just I, I I'm kind of curious on what's going to happen in season two with the armorer. Um, is the armor going to reunite the Mandalorians? Is she the one that's going to, you know, pull them back from obscurity? Uh, I don't know. I mean, is she the, the grumpy Luke Skywalker from last Jedi version of the Mandalorian? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Kind of, there's a lot that we can dissect with the armor and I'm looking forward to season two with her. She's a bit of an enigma, though, too, right? Because she is giving all of that exposition and all that backstory, and she is, uh, as far as we can tell, the the keeper of this Mandalorian way, creed, knowledge, history, right. all of the above. Um, but at the same time, she's also seems kind of flippant about it, too. Like, yeah, they died. Maybe some of them got <laughs> out. Was, Who knows? Yeah, that was uh, kind of weird. You, that told was you we weird. couldn't leave. Uh, uh, hey, stop fighting. Uh, you know, yeah. like she's just like. Uh, and I, I, I guess the calm and collected thing is part of her thing, and I get that. But it's, uh, it's also a little odd to me that, like, yeah. you know, they're in such trying times, and she was like, mm, "Well, I don't know, whatever." Yeah, 
And, and that's where my comparison to grumpy old Luke was. You know, that's kind of the the holder of the knowledge and just not, you know, oh, well, yeah, well, Jedi's, yeah, I can't do anything. You know, that kind of, that's how I felt. You, you put it very well, Kyle, because um, I didn't know, I really, you know, I, that scene was very strange to me. I thought she would definitely be a little bit more upset that they all disappeared or pissed off at the Mandalorian. Some kind of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just show me Baby Yoda. Show you know, me. Maybe show me she already dealt with it or whatever. It's been a little while, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, Baby Yoda, I just name dropped. Um, Baby Yoda was also a major player, of course, in this. We episode. should always be speaking always. of Baby Yoda. Really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's great. Um, I've already kind of made my my thoughts known on Baby Yoda. What about Justin and Vic? What were your thoughts on? What were your favorite Baby Yoda moments or least favorite Baby Yoda moments from this episode? My least favorite when the dumbass smacking him around. I was oh, waiting for yeah. Yoda just. I was waiting for <laughs> Yoda to do that magic hand thing and just break his freaking neck. You know, right? I'm like, how are you gonna keep smacking him? You're not gonna do a darn thing back to him. I was yeah. waiting for him to do something. Same. I thought it was yeah, funny. That was my least. My least. Wasn't it Jason Sudeikis who's that guy? And he said he's getting like hate mail or something yeah. like that because he was punching. <laughs> he's like, I did not punch Baby Yoda, but um, I just the hand thing was great. <laughs> the, come on, baby, do the hand so thing. He just good. holds these three little fingers up, and he's like, Hey, hey guys! He like waved <laughs> at him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Hey, look, he's waving at me. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, the Baby Yoda is the gift that keeps on giving right. with this entire series between the memes. Uh, the merch that is about to flood the market, both from you know uh, Lucas and in right. non Lucas, um, I think it's just crazy how much he has taken this country by storm or the world by storm. Um, he's just fun to watch. They did a great job with him. I love the puppeteering, you know, Dark Crystal stuff when that came back on, and it's all puppeteering. I love, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> So it's great to see it kind of taking place of everything being CGI'd all the time. I uh, I think, or I know that I really like that they finally gave us a definitive plan for what um, what we're what we're going to do moving forward. She said, "He's yours now. He's a foundling." The creed says, "Yeah, you have to take care of him. You have to either find his people or keep him till he's old enough to train in the way." Um, so that is, you know, uh, obviously there's going to be other B stories along the way, but the overarching goal is to find his people. And I wonder if, are we going to find them? Uh, are we going to get a name for what they are? If we do find them, you know, what kind of information about, you know, it's a, it's a fine line, you know, for a lot of people. And, you know, part of me wants to know every detail and then a part of me knows that the mystery is part of it too. So it's, um, it's, it's a, they're walking on eggshells there. I think it's kind of a, a tough road to travel, but I, I have faith. Well, in that moment did so many things and then also opened up so many questions because one, it pays off all of those dad memes that we got. <laughs> now he is kind yep. of his, his surrogate <laughs> yeah. dad. Um, that is now she, canon. Like, literally yeah. said that. And then also it, we might get our if he keeps him and he doesn't find his people, we get our payoff of Baby Yoda and Mandalorian armor. Oh but yeah, right. The other thing is, when she said that, I, I my immediate thought was, when she says his people, does she mean the Jedi in general, mm-hmm. or does she mean 
or does she mean Yoda's species? Good catch. It could be See, either you know, way because when they talk about like his people being an, an ancient enemy and stuff, they're not talking about Yoda's right, people. Right. They're talking about the Jedi. Oh, damn. Because she did yes. talk about the Jedi Mandalorian War, too, in the, yes. which is another thing I wrote down yep. in my notes. But, um, you know, I assumed she meant his people as in his species, That's but she thought, was yeah. also talking about Jedi at that time. But in that same vein, as far as the galaxy at large knows, at this time, the Jedi are basically gone, right? Right. As we're post, you know, maybe Luke Skywalker is out there and maybe that's where he's supposed to try and take him. But um, yeah, that's that's interesting. But either way, we're either getting a Yoda, a Yoda, baby Yoda Jedi, a baby Yoda Mandalorian or a bunch of Yodas. There, <laughs> there's is, the only three options, right? This is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. That'll be that like was, the next big play set. It'll be the Yoda or the oh little Yoda God. play set instead of the Ewok village. Yoda play set. Village, It'll be like yeah. a Yoda village. Yep. <laughs> So Baby Yoda uh, Christmas special. This was this was the best table setting they could have done for a season, uh, and giving us that whole plot thread and and where we're gonna go with it. And what I found this week, I don't know if you guys came across this too. Gina Carano on social media, uh, she admitted she knows the name of the child, and uh, obviously they're filming season two, but that that definitely opens it up that the child will be getting a name at some point in season two. Um, so I would all advise any the guys, more merchandise to buy with uh, all the new name on it. The first thing I thought of when you said baby Yoda and Mandalorian armor, I go, Oh dude, I know that's going to look awesome. And I already want that figure. Like that's just going to be the funniest <laughs> thing ever to see Do the ears stick out of the helmet or the right. ears in the helmet. Or there's so many questions. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, just imagine he's his little so waddle. He's just yeah. waddling and his armor is just so heavy. You know, he's trying to walk with it. Uh, that's, that's going to be a great scene. Oh, a little tiny pulse rifle or a little tiny, uh, Mandalorian rifle. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a cosplayer in the Michigan Mandalorian Mercs who, um, who cosplays as a Twi'lek Mandalorian, and so the oh, back okay. of the helmet is like a little has openings for the head tails and stuff. It's super cool. I'll send you guys a pic. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So we've covered a lot of ground on this episode, and and really, you just alluded, Kyle, to to season two as far as what we're expecting. Is there anything else you other takeaways from this episode before we move on uh, to our to our final segment here? Is there anything that you guys want to cover we haven't touched on? Because we've definitely hit on a lot. I, I just no. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I, I briefly said it, and I was going to kind of ask for more clarification. I know when Sabine Wren is training with the Darksaber, um, Kanan gives her the lecture about, you know, these things may work. They may save you from time to time, but, da, 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 but remember, when the Jedi fought the Mandalorians, the Mandalorians lost, you know? So we heard about the Jedi-Mandalorian war there, and the armor mentions it again here, are those the only things we know about that war, or does that exist somewhere else in in a in a novel or a comic book? Those are our only current canon references to it, because I remember it being a big headline in in fandom, like when that when that episode came out, because they were like, "Rebels just made the Mandalorian yeah. Wars canon. Like, that's all we have." But it made yeah. a canon. It's just kind of like the the mm. the thing with Revan right now, like that Sith Trooper battalion being yeah. the the Revan battalion has made Revan cannon, but that's all we have. We don't have right. anything else. Which is still huge. Story that would be. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just think the show in general has been outstanding from beginning to end. The cinematography for every different show has been great. 
Um, the story told from episode one to episode eight has been con- the continuity is what you need in storytelling. And I think even with the di- different directors, it was on point from episode to episode. Um, there were a couple I thought it seemed like he was going off on tangents to do these things. But when you go back and look at it on the whole, I think they had a part or they played a part into the overall telling of the story. Um, still doesn't mean it's my favorite episode, episode five. Um, but <laughs> but it's still really, really good. And, and I think they did a great job with that. And the music is just how that yeah, pulls yeah. all of it in. Is and it's different. It's different than all the Star Wars stuff that we've had so, so far. Uh, Rebels, Clone Wars, the music in that was similar, different, but similar to what we got in the Star Wars movies. And then you've got this show, which is completely different, and it it sounds great. So yeah, it I, still I feels like Star Wars, though. Yeah, it still feels like Star oh, yeah. Wars. Um, and and I think they they did a great job just pulling everything together. And again, if somebody out there has watched the series and absolutely goes, I really dislike this series, come on and talk to us. I would yeah, love to hear their take on it. I should hear that too. It, you I, know what I, I mean? I, I just, I didn't be, love every episode, but correct. Right. I didn't I love every episode. Yeah. I didn't love every episode, but not liking the entire show at all. I just can't, I, I I'd like to hear from that person. Cause I think it'd be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, I'll throw it up on social. Um, once we drop this episode, I will. Uh, I'll put it out there and see if if we can get anyone strong enough in the force to uh, come on this show and, and tell us they don't like the Mandalorian. Uh, I don't want to have those those Star Wars extremists out there. If they're if they're a serial YouTuber, you're not welcome on this program. Uh, <laughs> like you know, so that's the thing. If if you have a well thought out, valid, conversational you know opinion on the Mandalorian that doesn't fall in line with ours, we want you on the show. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. You're still so, our some YouTubers who are okay. Oh, you, you know the Star YouTubers YouTuber. I'm talking about. You know, I know, but I don't want like about. the Star Wars explains guy to hear you say that and think, "What the hell?" Like that guy's totally normal. It's fine. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, no, he's 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 not. not oh, yeah, I could tell you some things, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know that guy. I'm, no, I'm totally he's kidding. a nice. He's a nice dude. He is a nice <laughs> dude. So, all right, guys, uh, let's move on here into our next segment because there's a lot coming up. It's early 2020, and we whole, got a whole year ahead of us. People are coming on us. The galaxy is coming on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. <coughs> oh, really? You're cold? <coughs> so, of course, this is our prediction segment uh, where we think about what's going to happen in 2020 uh, and beyond. So, actually, I did get a question um, from a listener on Ooh. Instagram. Yep, yep. So, this actually uh, this ties into both The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker. So, I wonder if this is something that's that could be explored on season two. Um, so this is from Insta underscore Slynn, S-L-I-N-N. And it reads like this. Hey, since Baby Yoda and now Ray have been showing off this healing power, could Baby Yoda be the key to the Emperor's return? Maybe the Emperor is the client and he's gathering Force-sensitive healers to use to bring him back. Uh, so that was kind of a, a thought that I was I thought was kind of interesting that the the emperor was behind hiring you know Warner Herzog uh, was behind Moff Gideon trying to get this creature to continue providing life force energy to to keep Palpatine alive um, initial thoughts on that what do you guys think 
I, it's not a far off. I don't think it's a crackpot theory like yours, Chris, but <laughs> it's, it, okay. it's not far off because if you have read the Dark Darth Plagueis novel, I believe he was actually experimenting on force sensitive people yes. to try to he essentially steal their essence, just like in Dark yes. Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to <laughs> steal their essence. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think that's a far off theory. Um, right. And right. that's why the First Order is pulling all these children in and kidnapping children and trying to, to round up whatever youth Jedi they can find or youth Force-sensitive people they can find. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't necessarily feel like they're going to go in that direction you know, within the actual canon, but I don't think that's a crazy idea right. by any means that, no. the, that Palpatine would do something like that <laughs> you know, as a way to keep him. You know, it's very... Uh, Lord Voldemort, right? Like I'm gonna oh, yeah. take oh, from yeah. you to keep me alive, kind of thing. Yeah, old fairy tales. It's like a yeah, fairy tale. Yeah. Tale as old as time. It's, didn't, yeah. She didn't invent it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a far fetched theory, but I I don't think it's gonna happen. It's like yeah. they're still keeping the animated the shows completely separate from the movies, and I that's fine with me. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you guys outside of this, because um, I, I do think that there is that's an interesting theory to think about, and it's something I'll, I'll stew on a little bit. Maybe it'll be part of the, that JJ cut. So hashtag release the JJ cut. I demand answers. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't care about the JJ cut. Um, but what I will say, I just want to talk about what I'm really excited about for 2020, and that is Star Wars Celebration. Uh, that's where I met you guys, and it's, it's kind of something that I – literally from the day that it was over in 2019, I was ready for the next one. And I can't wait for Celebration 2020 in Anaheim this year. I can't wait to see what panels they're going to have. I can't wait to see what they're going to do for Empire Strikes Back, 40th anniversary. There's just so much about Celebration that I can't stop thinking about. Going to Galaxy's Edge, uh, you know, with a 10,000, 20,000 other Star Wars fans. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a very wild time. And then now that we do the Star Wars Friends show, I can't wait to try to get on a podcasting panel. I can't wait to maybe try to do a live podcast from where we're staying, from the hotel that we're staying at. And I think that that, to me, is going to keep my energy going in 2020, not only the Clone Wars and whatever announcements they're going to make, but Celebration is the heartbeat of fandom. And that is kind of, that's my driving force for 2020, man. I can't wait to be there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There, I think there will probably be some announcements and, you know, we'll hear some news between now and then, but they've got to have something big to announce at Celebration. You know, we'll, we may get to see an episode or two of The Mandalorian, but we know there's not really going to be a movie coming out uh, in 2020 or 2021, we'd already know about that too. So, um, you know, there's going to be some kind of announcement and I'm excited Kenobi. to, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we could see some episodes of that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to see what new, new project gets announced. Cause I, I think it's inevitable that if there's not a new trailer to show, they're going to announce the new project that's coming up. So, um, and I, I think I've said it before for me, there's celebration and then there's getting ready for the next celebration. So like I, I'm always looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to show any episodes of any of the series. Just, I think they're going to keep that all solely to Disney plus to keep the subscribers coming. Like they did, they could have shown Mandalorian this past year, but they didn't, but I think what's going to have that extended clip. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we, get a lot of, yeah we get a lot. Yeah, I think they might show a trailer to the new season, or you know, or uh, some maybe a uh, uh, logo art of the Kenobi series. But I think what's going to happen is they're going to a announce the t- title of the new movie, and I think they're going to announce the cast to the movie. Oh wow! Like a New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con, how they do the Marvel movies, like. Here's what's coming out in 2025, and here's yeah. your cast, and here's your star for this character. I think that's probably all you're going to get this year as far as a new movie announcement. Hmm. Brie Larson. Definitely definitely going to be a big announcement of some sort or several because they don't do these every year. So the fact that, they, that they're doing one right away – with yeah, you're nothing, right. Like nothing that we know of new to talk about. Well, I mean, there's new stuff, but new stuff that we already know about. There's, there's got to be, there's got to be something big coming. I think. I know well, it's, isn't it an anniversary year? But still, yeah, I think yeah. There's more to it. Well, yeah, it is the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary. But do I think that that would justify? You're right, like a back to back celebration. Probably just not on its own merits. Um, but there is a lot of stuff going on. Disney Plus, uh, that's a huge avenue. The casting the Andor series, this rumored Rebels series might get it. You know, some type of announcement. I still am. I, I still feel that. Kevin Feige is going to be a massive part of celebration this year. I think we'll probably get the Feige announcement before celebration uh, as far as what his involvement will be. So it's not, that's not like going to steal the show there. Yeah. Um, but I that's think, why I think it's going to be like a comic con announcement. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we might get the Feige news before then, but I think he's going to be in play with this. Um, but bottom line, man, I'm just looking forward to hanging out, seeing everything, checking out the panels, checking out all the vendors, all the new stuff. You know, there's just going to be a ton of new content content uh merch etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I can't wait for some of that 40th anniversary oh, merchandise yes. i think it, uh, it, my favorite star wars movie but you know when people ask me what's the best movie you've seen this year i will say empire strikes back just to be a jerk <laughs> because I, I saw it this year you know i yeah. see it every year but yeah. yep. um yeah. i i cannot wait to see what they come with the for exclusive merchandise at that it's always great and yeah. it's going to be based on my favorite movies so oh, it's uh, i can't wait to see orange gr- chrome pops yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. so uh outside of celebration i feel that we're probably going to get some announcement on a ben solo animated series or some type of ben solo content um i i fell in love with ben solo as i presumed i would uh it's a it's a solo it's a child of han solo and i loved adam driver's performance in the movie and i didn't get enough ben solo i'm on that i'm on that train now is that i would love to see some jedi academy ben solo i'd love to see uncle lando and uh young ben solo and we're probably only going to get it in animated form i doubt that they would recast for that um but it's fascinating to think about i think that there's going to be a demand for that. They invested so much money and in, in marketing and Kylo Ren over the years. You can't just let that character drop. Um, do you think they do like a comic maybe? Yes. Like I, yeah. The, the adventures of young Ben Solo would be like a perfect, not like cheesy anime, like a, but like a nice comic like that, not geared to like younger kids, but oh, for I adults, think you could yeah. do a lot of, you know, Luke and, and Ben training stuff. Absolutely. You get like missions. The whole series when like Luke with a lightsaber over him. <laughs> right. Right. But it's something like that I think could be pretty cool. Yeah, I would say uh, one thing that, that we probably should see is why Leia wasn't the one training Ben Solo and see what that story arc comes out to be um who knows who wants to man? train I, with their mom <laughs> yeah right well, well that's what she, was probably trying to, she was trying to yeah, start fix the, your like, eyebrow ben fix your eyebrow <laughs> so we'll see we'll see there. but 
but that's my big thing. I think we're going to see more um, more visual content, and then obviously the Thrawn uh, book that's coming out later this year. All the books. I just I'm a I'm a, a freak about the Star Wars books, but the Thrawn one is definitely uh, on my radar for this year. So what about you guys? 2020 is a big year. Do you guys do you guys get the audiobooks, the Thrawn audiobooks, or do you read them on yeah. your own? I just read them. I audio oh, everything. Both. You need to audio book the Thrawn books because it's awesome. his voice is good. It's so good. It's real good. Oh, the one thing I think I mentioned this before, but the one thing that got a little old to me with the audiobook in this in the second Thrawn was was the double vision in the voice of Darth Vader. And I think <laughs> double vision, double yeah. vision, <laughs> chest knee head, double vision, uh, like seventy two times yeah, in a row, yeah. <laughs> which is well, like a cool device of how again. that works. But it got a little old. Yeah. I got to check that out. So what about you guys? What what are you looking forward to in 2020? I'm looking forward to hopefully figuring out a way to get to celebration. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're awesome. we're, we're going to yeah. figure it out, dude. We're going to try to figure it out, man. I've gotten girlfriend go ahead. So that's the most important thing. Biggest yeah, hurdle. It's going to cost some, some coin. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there's, it seems like we're in a bleak spot where there's like not a lot going on, but there, I feel that there still is. And it, you know, it's a good thing that they just relaunched the comic. Cause I think that they're going to, mm-hmm. I think the comic sphere is going to get, um, have more stuff, especially in this moment where we have all these characters who are still alive and thriving and doing stuff, but probably aren't going to have any movies. So like Ben, so I think like, I think there might be multiple Ben solo comics, like to like multiple series covering mm-hmm. different things, just like they do with Vader. There's literally since they oh, relaunched, okay. there's been five or six different Vader series that have come out since right. 2015. So I I think that that I think that they'll continue to do that for several characters. So if C three PO can get a one shot that explains his red arm, <laughs> it's, anything can it's happen. Limitless. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I, it's not really a speculation, but I am over the moon excited for rebel or for um clone wars yes this last season ahsoka tano is my favorite character and darth maul is my favorite villain i i am so excited for it i can't wait to see it i can't i'm i will be distraught when it's over uh but because it really has to be over this time clone wars has been saved twice but this is literally like the end of the clone wars so there's no more story to tell which is depressing and exciting and uh it's so close and i i cannot wait for this conclusion to clone wars agree just like you guys i'm excited for a celebration but i think i'm super excited because our hotel is right next to that gelato stand that kyle and i hit (laughs) up yeah and buka yeah (laughs) has really good gelato but um I'm I'm actually looking forward to maybe trying to fill in some gaps on some of those grail pieces that I really want through the year. Oh, Do you know what okay. I mean? And from yeah. a collecting perspective, yeah. um, I'm still what trying are a to couple hunt. that you're looking for. So I'm still trying to hunt down that that sideshow Grievous. He's just so expensive, and nobody other than Evil Bay, which just I don't really want to go that route. I, yeah, I'd have to do it, but. I don't mind waiting. I was looking for one last year at Celebration. Nobody had one. Maybe this year I'll find it. Um, People don't unload those too much, you know? Yeah. If you buy it, you probably love it. Yeah, the Commander Wolf is another one that I'd like to get. Um, And then from just like an action figure standpoint, anything ESB um, from Celebration that they put out, I think will be... Mm. It'll be interesting to see the Hasbro choice for yeah. this year well, i really want to know what they they're going to do next wing luke a couple years ago well right? yeah and then which and would then be they, an obvious choice but 
Right. And then they did a Han and Leia. Yes, they did. On Hoth, uh, like cube looking thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're standing in the cave. So I, I, I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do there. Vader, as much as I would love that, is all he's produced so There's massively. So it doesn't make sense to go that route. And you just did Boba at San Diego or at uh, right. it was at the San Diego Comic Con. So right. hard to do a different look seeing, of Yoda. Yeah, I'd be interested in seeing what they do for that figure in particular for that release. Well, I'm thinking Hibernation Chamber Black Series Vader with the actual capsule. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, and, and helmet you know, off, crusty yeah, back of the head. There yeah, is one of those. It was the 500th figure. I have, I think, one or a two. A Black of them. Series? Not a Black Series. Okay, so, yeah, so it would thinking. basically yeah. be a repop of a previous figure done, which okay. is what most okay. Black Series are anyway. But um, actually, like a, a, you know, I don't even know, like Luke in a back to tank, something. I've only seen oh. one figure of those before. So, um, but the 500th Vader was him in the little chamber like this. But I I just think it'll be interesting to see what they do because there's a lot of figures that, same thing with uh, Mandalorian. somebody on a a Wampa, something like that. Yeah, they've done tons of Tauntauns. They've done, um, you know, I'd like to see, I would like to see personally uh, another um, six-inch vehicle like they Mm -hmm. did with the TIE Fighter. For oh, first so order, yes, yeah. please, I want please. another one of those. I, you could give me the snow speeder. Yes, uh, Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just something, another vehicle that of that scale. I, I, I didn't get on the sail barge thing because it was just, yeah. So it was expensive and huge. I have no place yeah. to put it. Yeah. But that, you that room. <laughs> yeah, you have all other stuff, but you don't want to put that thing in your house, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, my wife would kill me with that. But something of that scale, <laughs> you know what I mean? Another six-inch vehicle yeah. would be awesome yeah. to have to go you, along with that title. You know, I'll, I'll write a letter because it would be smart if Hasbro put out their two figures and a vehicle for Celebration exclusives. Yes. Why not? Yeah. yeah. You know? It's going to yep. be Luke and his little whitey tidies in that little chamber. Hey, so that, I'd buy it. Actually, that'd be awesome. I'd you buy it. Funny. <laughs> you could put out the Luke. You could put out a Luke, a Dak, and a Snowspeeder, and Dak yes. can take on the whole empire by himself. Yes, I love it. I think it's going to be uh, John Ratzenberger uh, oh. Echo Base. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You said collections. I didn't even think about collections. I'm I'm on my last. I'm in the last 17 of the original uh, figures, and I only have a. I don't know, eight more to go until I get all the, you know, the entire vintage collection. Mm-hmm. So that's actually my 2020 goal. Cause those figures are wildly expensive for what they are. So, um, probably won't pick any up at celebration, but I should get the entire vintage collection by the end of 2020. So that's yeah. Collection is a big thing. Uh, are you guys, anyone else collecting anything this year? I want to get that Boba Fett helmet this year. The, Oh, the, uh, the black series Boba Fett helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh Yeah. That's beautiful. What'd you say, Josh? I said, oh, what did I say? Oh, as much Thrawn stuff as possible. Thrawn, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Staying so on brand. Do, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> hell yeah. Do any of you guys have any like aspirations of joining Mando Mercs 501st Rebel Legion yes. within 2020, yeah. like next year? Make it happen, man. Do it. I'd do like, yeah, I'd like to start building armor, I think. Yeah. Take the plunge, man. Do yeah, it. I don't know where I, I I've already joined the Mando Mercs like forum and started looking yeah. around a little bit. Oh, I'm in I'm I'm a member on all the forums to read about it and I've been preparing for a long time. I just haven't pulled the trigger on actually starting. Do it. Take the plunge. Do it. 
good. Well, like I, I think I was telling you, I don't can't remember. I was telling you on show or or off like before, but I I'm also interested in trying to do like a tie defender pilot too with the yellow stripes. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. And I figure yep. if I'm going to do that and I actually go like troop somewhere, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have the mustache and I can be the, I can you know, shave off the beard and have the mustache be the, <laughs> yes. the guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That would yeah. be sweet. Um, so, all right. Final thoughts on Mandalorian season two, which we know is going to come the fall 2020. Do we think that Bo-Katan is going to be in season two of the Mandalorian? I don't yes. see how you don't put her in there. You have to connect the, the black, the dark saber to somebody. You got to put point A to point B somehow. Love it. Yeah, flashback or something. You, you, how do you explain how he got the dark saber without including her? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie though. I'm gonna be so mad if they if they have her and if it's and it's not Katie. Well, it's they could just be. do it's the armor. Just put they somebody in the armor a- and have her voiceover. Yeah, yeah, they could do it like John Favreau did, where somebody wears the costume and she does the voice. She'll be no, she'll be included. Look at look at what it's they did the for for Kanan Jarrus and Ahsoka Tano in the Rise of Skywalker. They're no longer going to if they have the available voices, they're going to put the voices in there. I mean, there's no way the Clone Wars and Rebels. That's just part of Disney canon now. It's just, well, this is Dave. Have- I trust Dave. Yeah, it's not like Ke- the rumors about Kevin Feige and Brie Larson as Ahsoka Tano. Like, I don't know. Okay, listen. All right, I know Kyle. He's trying to get something started here. Here's the no. Thing. I'm just as mad about it as you are because I thought she was real flat in Captain no Marvel, reason. and I love Captain I, I, listen, Marvel as a character. I, I don't think Brie Larson is going to play Ahsoka Tano. That's not where I was going. I think that she would be a fantastic Basta LaShawn in an Old Republic-style movie. I think that she would be just fine in Star Wars. So I I She loves Star Wars, so she could be anything she wants. So do I. That's what we're doing. Cantina band. I'm telling you. Cantina band. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Do you guys think that we're going to see any characters uh, from the sequel trilogy or the original trilogy show up in season two of The Mandalorian? And if so, who do you think is going to show up? Boba Fett definitely 100% is going to show up probably in every episode. Yes, every single episode. He'll probably be the main character now. You beat Josh to the punch. Yeah. (laughs) so rude of you to take my spot sorry sorry i just wanted to be but, the one who said the thing that's obviously definitely going to happen but Ky- so kyle, kyle you kyle really do you think that's uh, going to happen no not yeah. really no you don't you don't think it's going to happen no i don't do you think his armor is going to show up as if we predicted that cobb vanth uh is wearing boba fett's armor do you think his armor will show up it's possible but we already went to tatooine once and i had real problems with that episode <laughs> so like yeah. so don't who the person was at the end of the episode? I'm nervous about having to go back there. Um, I, I I don't know. I he, they he probably will be addressed in some way at some point. I don't know if it'll be next next season, but yeah, Vic's right. You don't know who it is. What if what if they did a live action flashback to the scene where Maul got the dark saber? They had a, a picture. Oh post- yeah, right. Okay. Full makeup. That'd be cool that, to see a live action version of that scene. That could be cool. That could be Both definitely Maul cool. did react to that. Yeah. On, on social media. They like Yeah. Sam was like, That's mine, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That was funny. You can't slips and kick and wheel a saber like Ray Park can though. No, no. So that's why they gotta use both of them. Yeah. Out, yeah. Outside of Boba Fett being the main character in season two of The Mandalorian, do we think that anyone else is gonna show up from the from any of the OT or ST? 
I, I get I just had a, an idea. What if uh, the people, the Jedi that they find is Cal? Good. Good. Because that dude is still yeah. that dude is kicking. Cameron Monaghan. They have the, yeah. well, they have the they have the actor. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Make him mm-hmm. look a little old. It's fine. He's a good actor, too. Oh, yeah. No, he's good. Yeah. Mando's going to go to Coruscant and go to the restaurant with Dexter Jetster <laughs> sitting down there. <laughs> That's my dream. That's my dream episode. Talking about clone from Camino. Well, that'd be too bad because then it would be immediately over. Dexter would say, oh, well, this is a whatever species and they live here. Just go there because right. he knows everything. So he knows everything. It's funny. I've joked about Dexter before in the show, but because of his innate knowledge of Camino cloning darts, um, it could, he could be in play. A, a Dexter Jetster is in play in the Mandalorian. See, I didn't think he had knowledge of that. I think I thought he was just omniscient and knew absolutely 100% of everything. So he's actually <laughs> not in um, the Star Wars universe. He is he's a, the he's a Palpatine manifested. proxy. Yeah. yeah. He's like the Bendu. <laughs> oh my God. What? This is getting crazy. I do want to see him go to Camino or figure out why that guy had the Camino logo on him. I think there's still an answer questions as far as that is concerned and who exactly is after baby Yoda and why. That's what I'm saying. He's going to go there. He's going to talk to Dexter. Dexter's going to be like, yeah, I know that Persian guy. He's a tool. And like, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's over hanging out here. Go find him. He's like, okay. How crazy would that be if if we're on here, we're, you know, and we we're talking about the Dexter Jetser, and he does become a player in season two? I'm gonna. That's the reward is gonna be incredible. <laughs> that good I mean, boost our followership. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. much. It's it's just like the people that talk about the legitimate, like the actual rumors, like way beforehand, and then say we said we told you, Kenobi. Right. We told you right. it will be the same thing. Right. But we didn't mean to. Yeah, told you but, Dexter Chester was going to be a main player in season two of The Mandalorian. <laughs> we have inside uh, track. You heard it we'll, here first. You know, folks. we'll get T-shirts made. We'll pass them out at Celebration 2020 before the new season drops, just so we can say we were the first to call it. So <laughs> you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. Right, 2020s here, and uh, it hasn't been a bloodbath. And people, <laughs> we can still have conversations about the rise of Skywalker uh, because the great unifier that is the Mandalorian is still here to give us all these wonderful gifts as we move into the new century. Well, not century, decade. Oh my God, we've already lived through a century change. Mm, we yeah, all it's have. crazy. It's crazy. So, um, you know, I just want to give a shout out to uh, any listeners. I, we do have international listeners, and um, I know that we've gotten a few listens from Australia, actually, over the course of our run. And I've thought a lot about Australia and what's going on with the wildfires. It's pr- it's pretty wild. Uh, I mean, it is it's, it's it, exactly. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. Um, you know, half a billion animals estimated have perished and uh you know there's a a number of of human fatalities so it's it's pretty scary but we're thinking about you australia so if you're listening to us uh we hope that you're safe and your family's safe and everything going on over there um you know blue bantha milk's a podcast from australia that's connected with us on social so thinking about you guys and uh obviously the mandalorian mercs uh as well made a post earlier today um about uh, everyone over there so we're definitely thinking about you guys out in australia it's uh, terrifying 
so we hope that y'all get through it and uh, we can hopefully find some type of solution to all this climate chaos that's going on right now um, but the, to kind of switch gears a little bit um, you know we are, we do have a contest that we are giving away um, if you guys haven't seen um, pop sockets those are the things that you put on the back of your phones they released a whole line of Mandalorian pop sockets and they're really really cool so uh, I want to give away a Mandalorian pop socket to a lucky listener and I'll put that contest up on our social media at SW Friends Show and if you haven't connected with us yet you can hit us up at SW Friends Show on Twitter Instagram Facebook and we're always posting crazy stuff and uh, you know we got some really good content up this past week we do polls uh, the most recent poll we did got a lot of votes so thank you guys for voting in that poll sure we'll put something up again uh this week coming up uh but if you want to hit us up personally and you want to tell us a funny joke or ask us a question you can hit me up at no one is chris where can they find you guys uh i'm josh and i am battle of tanab on instagram and twitter i'm justin and i am at i'm i am the bendu at twitter this is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else, probably. This is Vic, and you can see me on Twitter, Vic M. Pike. Yeah, so, I, you know, guys, I think I got the question for our next poll. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, actually, I'm going to read the poll results because this is actually relevant to our episode. Um, with all these totally wild, not official announcements about Rebels coming back, what do you think will actually happen? A Rebels sequel series, a Rebels sequel movie, no sequel, or an AP5 karaoke show. And with 74% of the vote, a Rebels sequel series comes into play. So thank you, everyone that listened and voted on our uh, Twitter poll here. And I think we're going to get one up based on our interview podcast we did with Maggie. I got a good one brewing here, so I'll get that posted. Um, But this has been fun, guys. First episode of 2020. A lot of content. We're trying to fit these episodes around two hours. It's impossible. It is absolutely impossible with everything going on right now. Um, But it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys. Oh, yeah. And um, I hope I hope 2020 treats all of you very well, sincerely. Yeah. So thank you. Um, you as well. Yeah, Pleasure's all mine, Chris. Yeah, good. What's wrong with us all this year? <laughs> and that goes for all of our listeners in the Star Wars Friends community. Thank you all very much for listening to us. This has been episode 13, and uh, just want to say Happy New Year, Happy 2020, and may the Force be with you. Always, always. Perfect. Later, guys.